me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it. Because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. On this episode of DC On Screen, we stand with Ray Fisher. We report on some Zack Snyder Justice League answers found by the wonderful Scott of DC Film Squadcast. We talk about what Henry Cavill really said about the Superman rumors. Plus, WB and HBO Max whip out their thick, throbbing faith for Matt Reeves' independent non-DCEU The Batman Vision. Neil Gaiman talks Sandman on Audible and Netflix. And we answer listener questions. Also, we meant to mention a big thank you to Lou Lanza who provided us with that Green Lantern script, but we forgot, because after 604 episodes, we still suck. So, thank you, Lou. All that and more after you skip this ad. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Welcome into DC On Screen episode 604. This is the podcast where we talk about the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, give honest opinions on projects upcoming and past, and believe that every version of a property is valid, even if we don't want it to be. If it's been released, it is fair game. So beware of spoilers, and welcome to the show. I'm David C. Robertson, and this, a feisty chair above a man, Jason (laughs) Goss. Well, thanks. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to make of that, and I don't want to look into it any further. Well, uh, before we jump into the news, uh, and we haven't done this in a couple weeks, so here's a little bit. Yeah. Um, I want to thank the patrons, mm-hmm. those beautiful people. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to join the ranks, a dollar gets you the weekly show ad-free. $5 gets you that, plus Marvel reviews, How Now, Jason's Pull List, Warm Ups, Jason Squirrels. Um, I got a couple of stuff, a couple of things in the back burner. And it looks like I'm going to record a, <laughs> a review of a movie called Palm Springs with Matt Carroll of the MCU cast. Oh, I just watched that last night. Did you? Yes. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I really enjoyed the show. <laughs> yeah, I might try to butt in on that. <laughs> do it, man. Do it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think I was. I thought I was like, I'm going to mention Palm Springs on the show. But I don't think Jason will be. Jason will be like, ah, I can't be bothered. Ah, so it's a movie. No, we, no uh, man. It was so good. We needed. We had like an hour last night, and we've been trying to watch Hamilton. We've only made it halfway through. It's which is also, by the way, just outrageously good. But um, mm-hmm. 
we've been having to watch it in shifts. So, <laughs> uh-huh. and it depends on how restless Evelyn's being while we're trying to sit down. Cause you cannot, you can't, you need to put your phone down if you're watching Hamilton. You need to sit there and watch the damn thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what, we, that's, that's what we've been up to. And, uh, last night it was like, she's, she's restless. We've got, we've got an hour. Um, yeah, let's just, let's throw on something else. And I'd seen the trailer somewhere, like half of it and was like, okay, this is probably good. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. the shit out of it. Yeah. It was really, really well done. I thought. So spoilers for that episode of Patreon. <laughs> but, you know, the reason one of the reasons I was like, I didn't even think about you because, you know, you you traditionally go, oh, it's a movie. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, um, I, just, I just rarely have enough time. We, we and, end up reviewing so much. We have, there's so much we have to watch. It's just DC. Yeah. And, you know, my wife got me into I wasn't going to watch it. I was doing prep for this show. And my wife uh, yelled at me. She's like, hey, Andy Samberg's in a new thing with the the girl from How Much Your Mother. I was like, which one? She's like, Kristen Milotti. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And she's like, they're stuck in a time loop. And I'm like, can we watch it tonight? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, can we make this happen? I'm in. And then I get in there. And she's like, oh, so also J.K. Simmons. And I'm like, you should have led with that. <laughs> but yeah. I, <laughs> and as soon as I was watching it, I was just like, dude, Matt, I got to get Matt to watch this thing. Because Matt and I are just... Matt is huge on time travel. Mm-hmm. So, like, we tend to have these, like, long two or three hour conversations about time travel every mm-hmm. time a, mo- a time travel movie comes out. So, anyway, yeah, we got to we gotta figure that out then. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, it, it. I don't know when I'm actually going to be, able to, it, like, I'll never promise to sneak something in. Uh, I just don't know. I don't know when it's going to come up and I don't know when I'm going to be in a room with other people who don't want to watch that stuff. And I'm like, oh, let's watch something that's not. Superpower related for half a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't, let's not do superpowers, dear. How about time travel? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you, patrons, and hopefully, uh, you guys are enjoying the weird uh, shit that we're putting out uh, <laughs> over there. Yeah, and um, I'm almost, almost installed enough here that I can start putting in more over there myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've been uh, on calls so- for a minute. I wanted to say, if you want to help support us and uh, you don't want to do it monetarily, you can always run over to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you want to call it. Not and, iTunes uh, anymore. Well, I mean, they, you, they, you can go to iTunes. I literally I know, have they, iTunes. It's just a redirect, I think, at the moment. Whatever. Whatever gets whatever you there. It is. I'm not trying. I don't care. Whatever it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> leave us a, a, a good rating and review. Now, I did, I have said this, uh, you know, out of the next 10 people who, uh, who give us a review, I'll give you 20 bucks. <laughs> one of you one of you i'll give say. one of you tw- 20 bucks let's say we 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 have a we don't have that budget yeah so uh we do have a couple of itunes reviews here uh we got one from travis uh says great dc podcast uh david jason hosts one of the best dc podcasts around they give a, a great insight avoid rumors and inject a ton of laughs in everything they talk about if you're looking for quality dc conversations with two very passionate fans this is the podcast for you i and uh Brent, who, by the way, took his name out of the drawing for the for the 20 bucks. So don't worry about that, y'all. Because hmm. Brent's a stand-up guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brent over there on Fans Without Borders. Mm-hmm. says, I love this show. I love listening to this show. They never fail to make me laugh. And you know they will give you their honest take. Yeah, they love DC, but they will definitely tell you if they have a problem with something. They won't hold back. And often, it results in hilarity. Those are the best. <laughs> those are the best compliments. And I feel like Brent knows that about us. Like, we just really enjoy when people think we're funny oh yeah yeah <laughs> that is the highlight of my day anytime it happens and uh so charlie randall says awesome podcast very entertaining 
Uh, Dave and Jason seem like great guys with strong DC opinions. Always finish the episodes with more than a few laugh out loud moments. Uh, for sure, one of the best DC podcasts out there. Thank you so much, man. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it, man. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, get your reviews in to, to be entered into the uh, into the $20 drawing. Um, all right, so into the news. And uh, good Lord, y'all. Good Lord. So uh, it pains me, but this is a thing that's happening. Uh, on June 29th, uh, Ray Fisher, uh, cyborg in the Justice League movie, mm-hmm. posted a... Uh, a clip, a video clip from San Diego Comic-Con 2017, where he says, uh, I think we're just about finished with everything. The reshoots have been brief, if anything. But yeah, Joss is a great guy, and Zach picked a good person to clean up and finish up for him. He posted that clip and then said, I would like to take a moment to forcefully retract every bit of this statement. And when you look at the clip, <laughs> it doesn't look like he's happy about it, anything it he's saying. Not. It doesn't look like Jason Momoa, who's sitting, who's sitting right next to him, is happy about any part of that. We like it, we don't have personally a system where we can go back and look at what we said about everything. Um, it's mm-hmm. just it, it that would require cataloging way beyond any time that we have. We've just right. What did you say? Six hundred four episodes and some that never quite yep. made it to air. Um, I mean, I, I don't think many didn't make it to air. It's, like many. Two, it's, it's just like two or three where there was some technical problem or something. Yeah. Yeah. But we um, did, we did always redo those mostly. Yeah. Um, or in some form anyway, there way more than we can go back and look at, but I would kind of like to know if anyone remembers what we said about that at the time, if we said anything, because honestly, when I saw that clip, when it got posted, I thought if I didn't, ha- well, actually I did it without audio the first time I saw it because I often don't have media turned up on my phone. Um, I turned it up. It's like a precaution against waking up babies. I just have the media turned to zero in case. Mm-hmm. I don't want to accidentally play a clip and anyway, um, ruin our night. So I did watch it on mute the first time I saw it. And I, mm-hmm. it looks bad. I mean, every bit of his body language just reads someone has a gun to my head or a loved one. Uh-huh. And then Jason Momoa looks like he knows the guy who has the gun to the head of, of Ray's loved one. And he's going to find that motherfucker after work. But it's uh-huh. not it's not a good look on either of them. Like they are not yeah. happy about it. You can tell. It's just it's in the body language. Yeah, and when he said it, when he said that that he wanted to forcefully retract every bit of the statement, mm-hmm. Caitlin Burles, uh, who is the stand-in and picture double for Gal Gadot on Justice League, she commented and said, "LOL, same." <laughs> uh, the DCEU photographer Clay Enos liked the statement. So did Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, stunt double Richard Citrone. Freaking Batman for real? Yeah. Uh, the actual body on, you see? Yeah. Commented on Fisher's initial Instagram post and said, well done, Ray. Then yeah. Ray came out and said, Joss Whedon. And I did notice that Whedon was spelled wrong. Dude, and I think that, without the think, H? No, it was W-H-E-A-D-O-N. <laughs> and, I think, and I think it was for a purpose. I think there was a reason behind it. Maybe I'm wrong, but he says Joss Whedon's onset treatment of the cast and crew of Justice League was gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable. He was enabled in many ways by Jeff Johns and John Berg. Uh, accountability is greater than entertainment. And when he was talked to uh, by Variety, Berg told them that it was categorically untrue that we enabled any unprofessional behavior. He says, I remember Fisher being upset that we wanted him to say booyah, which Mm -hmm. is a well-known saying of Cyborg in the animated series. Uh, Of course, Whedon stuck with the classic uh, no comment. 
Yeah. Alan, Alan Dudek, who played Wash on Firefly and he was Alpha on Whedon's Dollhouse, said uh, he wasn't there. And then a bunch of other inconsequential shit because he wasn't there. <laughs> but he was like, I can't imagine this happening and blah, blah, in 17 years that I've known the guy. Yeah. He, and, uh, I, and what was funny is just like looking down at the comments and just so many people going, Alan, no, no, Alan, sweetie, no. That, not I the mean, right time. <laughs> it's like, like imagine you're looking at two two signs in a road, right? There's a little, uh-huh. fork, little, 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 you know, little 45 degree. And on the left, it says, you know, Albuquerque, whatever your fucking def- destination is. Who cares? Uh-huh. 100 miles. And then on the right, it says Albuquerque, 100 miles with landmines. And you're like, you know what? I'm doing that for fun. Yeah. That's what he did. Well, there was well, absolutely no point in him saying anything. And it was stupid as shit. And yeah. yeah like that, Alan Tudyk has it. Yeah, Alan Tudyk may have known Whedon for 17 years. He is also a uh, white dude. <laughs> that, I mean, can't um, exp- <laughs> like, it, it matters. It, it just does matter. It does. It, it, it's like, hey, we're buddies. And I said I didn't want to, I wanted to be killed off in Serenity. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. how it, that was 2005, dude. You haven't worked with Whedon since Dollhouse. And what was that, like 2000? Eight? Dude, I don't remember. I want to say around seven, eight, yeah. eight or nine. Yeah. yeah. And like he wasn't even on Dollhouse in a regular capacity. He was a recurring character. Like, yeah, he was there for like two months. I- I'm sorry, buddy. Like, And was probably treated very special because he probably. was kind of the big bad. I mean, well, he was the big bad. Because this Whedon stuff goes so much deeper than just bad treatment on set. You know, we've heard reports that like Gal Gadot wouldn't come out of her dressing room, wouldn't be in the same room with him. Yeah. That like all of her reshoots were with that body double because she just wouldn't like there was apparently some incident and I don't know what the incident was. There was something that made Gal go. Nope. Yeah. (laughs) Ben Affleck. We've heard over and over again from sources I trust. Uh, You can find this stuff on Twitter. It's all over the place. It it did not make itself scarce. Ben Affleck tried to get a tried to institute a walkout. Yeah. Um, Joss Whedon openly bad mouthing Zack Snyder and two of the people who worked on the on the pre on the movie with with Zack. Um, in fact, Kevin Smith just says uh, on Fat Man Beyond, he said, "Remember when I went to the Skywalker set and some people had worked uh, both on Solo and Justice League? The special effects guy said there was a fair amount of trash talking of Zack's version of the movie on set by Joss." Um, again, this is what a special effects guy who worked on both versions of the movie told me, but that he Whedon would cut down, dismiss and be negative about Zach's version, which he had seen. And all these people had made together without him and stuff. So he says, I, the guy had said he was kind of uncomfortable on set because the people he was talking to about not liking that version of the movie were all people that had helped make that version of the movie. Mm-hmm. So that I think is probably the unprofessional thing because Smith and, and Bernard tried to break down what, what Ray was talking about. He says, you don't do that, especially if you came in to help out during a bad moment, in the director's life and stuff, but that's hearsay. Um, Ray Fisher responded with God bless Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> now, Hey, Ray Fisher also said, I believe Kai Cole and Charisma Carpenter. That is a whole can of worms because two years ago, Kai Cole came out and said that Joss Whedon is a hypocrite preaching feminist ideals. This is his ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Um, she wrote a guest blog on the rap, said he used his relationship with me as a shield. So no one would question his relationships with other women or scrutinize his writing as anything other than feminist. Um, and I didn't go into it a lot here, but that is a fascinating read. It didn't go far enough, 
Um, I, I, Marty Noxon, who, who wrote with Joss on, on Buffy said she never experienced any of that with, with Joss, but it does disturb her all these years later to think she may have gotten the, the job because somebody wanted to fuck her. Um, she said, she does not say she disagrees with Kai Cole. She's just like, I never saw it, but holy shit. This makes me feel terrible. Uh, so apparently we yeah. didn't confess to his ex-wife that the reason their shit's falling apart is because he went and had several affairs over the all these years, like physical affairs, emotional affairs uh, with fans, with with uh, actresses, with, you know, all these different people involved in the business and was basically just gaslighting his, his wife at the time. That's messed up. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Looking looking back, there's uh, there. Well, actually, this has been one of those things that's like been low key, a thing that's kind of been known for a second. But mm-hmm. yeah, looking back, there's plenty to be worried about. Mm-hmm. Plenty of calls for concern here. And um, Ray Fisher on uh, Instagram Live said in a Q&A with fans, he says, um, I am still very much under contract and I'm still very much under non-disclosure agreement. Mm-hmm. So I've got to be very careful about what I say and how I say it. Otherwise, I can get sued into oblivion. So just a cl- disclaimer there. Mm-hmm. For the folks who were looking for more specifics in the moment right now, I'm sorry that I cannot give them to you in the moment right now. Just got to make sure all your all your ducks are laid out in a row so you can go ahead and handle the situation appropriately so you don't end up being out, outside of professionally liable, legally liable for anything that could be litigious or whatever that would be. This will take some time. We will get it done. We will win. And then we'll be able to move on in the world. I, I want to take a swing at paraphrasing that. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Dear Twitter. I would love to revisit this concept with you, but in the meantime, I have to see a series of lawyers. Talk to you soon. <laughs> I think I, that's why I think he misspelled his name. I don't know if that's going to be enough. It I, might I, not I, be. I, and honestly, in you know, being that it's a certain kind of circle, first of all, putting an A there is is a natural thing. You may just be confusing it with Will Wheaton, even. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it could be an honest error, or it could be Maybe. like a little. You, you know, Momoa and Snyder have a little joke about that. Because no. I'm pretty sure on the back of his like onset chair when uh, Momoa showed up, it was spelled like M A M A O or M A M O A instead mm-hmm. of M O M O A. And he kind of just constantly gives him shit for misspelling his name. That's funny. Like I think there have been a few. I'm trying to remember this, but it, I think there have been a few occasions where he tweets something about like the the cinder cut instead of the Snyder cut. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there is that. Yeah, I've noticed that too. And I think it had to do with that chair. But I it was a, that was a friendly do, barb though. That was like I think it just had that had to do with just the fact that that was trending mm. because people kept accidentally spelling it wrong. You know, they're not even close to each other on the keyboard. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I'm not. And I but you think, know, once a certain amount of people do it and you start typing it, it'll auto correct it. It'll like bring that up in the yeah, Dropbox. Well yeah, but you got to add that to your catalog for it to. I don't know. It's a it's no, confusing. not not in your phone, but on Twitter. On oh, okay, all right, yeah, yeah. It brings up like a drop box of possibilities and you're just like, oh, there it is. And, you know, and a lot of people aren't paying close enough attention to see the two. I, it could be an honest error. And I think it, in my version of events it, in my head, it's like a, just an honest ribbing situation. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So going back to what John Berg said, dude, all this is not about him having to say booyah. You're full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that's a lot of stuff. Like imagine if you're Ray Fisher and you just, you didn't mm-hmm. want to say booyah. I don't know yeah. why. I'm not, I'm not going to try to suppose his reasons. Let's just say you don't want to say it. So this is kind of your big break, right? Yeah. 
and let's say you're you're on set and you make a you make a deal of it that you really don't want to do that for whatever reason. I'm gonna let him tell his reasons. I'm not gonna suppose him. So oh, because he has said that he doesn't want to be like he doesn't want to promote or be a part of basically being a black character who just throws out catchphrases. Okay, I hadn't heard him say that, but I didn't want to suggest yeah. it. Um, but yeah, it makes total sense to me. Mm-hmm. So let's say you just don't want to do that for that reason. You make it. You make a deal of it. I, honestly, even doing that with that being his big break is either stupid or brave or the combination. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, like the right kind. Like it's it's courageous for sure, but it's not necessarily the smart move, I guess. Um, no, he has nothing to gain by doing this. Exactly. That's that's actually like having a moral center and doing something about it. That that there's not there's you're, it's not calculating. Your agent probably told you to shut the hell up. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like it, it shows he had some sense of dignity. And then later, like after all this, come on, man. I mean, it's just it's been a long, it's been a long like uh, rope to tow or row to tow or whatever the phrase is I'm looking for. I can't think of um, tow to row, I, boat to row, I think row to row to hoe. Shore, row to hoe. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's been a long one and it's been a hell of a journey if you're any one of these people and mm-hmm. I, I don't one of my favorite reasons right now to believe him just outright or at least give him the benefit of the doubt is he had nothing to gain this doesn't help him no and if he's wrong and it comes out it'll bury him yeah this is this is a big move for him to do it i'm impressed he did oh, it frankly i don't think he's wrong based on all the people no, i know who i know but, but he has to end up he's got to come out on the right side of this thing or he could just get buried because the system's not fair. And by the way, I got, I got wrapped up explaining what the Kai Cole thing was, the charisma carpenter thing. that Uh, Fisher believes. I do remember that one. Uh, Charisma carpenter who played Cordelia on angel and Buffy. uh, She got pregnant and kind of by getting pregnant, ruined Joss's plans for season four. And Joss apparently got furious and uh, basically made her pregnant with a demon baby. And then threw her into a coma. And by season five, he, he, we hadn't seen her in a while. She comes back from one episode, kills her off. Oh, after he told her, promised her that he wasn't going to kill her off. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's about how that went down. Yep. So that sucks. Mm-hmm. That was, that's the one I'd heard kind of some gossip about before. I was like, that's not a good look. I don't know what to do with that yet, though. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's one of the unfortunate things is like sometimes there has to be a little momentum before it gets taken seriously. It's unfortunate, but, and it's hopefully something we can find another way to do at some point, very near future, yep. but it's it's how things have been going to this point. Yep. Now, as for Jeff Johns, good lord, yeah. <laughs> Jeff Johns. The the only thing Ray said was right. that Jeff Johns and John Berg had enabled Joss's uh, behavior, based on some other stuff I've heard. I believe that. And now I'm. Let's just say I'm into the Jeff Johns as a snake category at this point, and <laughs> yeah. I believe many things about Jeff Johns now. And uh, yeah, my toes, my toes, like definitely in the water, and I'm like splashing around with my feet for sure. Oh yeah. Um. So it, I keep hearing things about. Uh, it is all over Twitter that Jeff Johns leaked a bunch of shit to Kevin Feige. I mean. They both worked with with Dick Donner, Richard Donner, uh, from Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, they both like you know were his proteges or whatever. And uh, yeah, man, like there's a lot of evidence that uh, he was leaking stuff to uh, Kevin Feige about uh, what Zach was doing. Like Zach, com- like changed drastically changed BVS uh, because they leaked it out, and that's where Civil War comes from. You wonder why BVS and Civil War are the same. In a lot of ways, <laughs> could be a very dubious reason. Uh, and um, you know, I don't have details or anything, but 
all over the place on Twitter. You just you, you're seeing all this stuff about like, how, and it is when you really think about it, how Justice League, the Zach's plan for Justice League one, two, and three, as he talked about in his uh, in his big director's cut thing, uh, they're very much like Endgame <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Jeff may have been leaking stuff out to, to screw Zach over and to sabotage him. But not only that, we've got people saying that he has inappropriately flirted with them, with fans, you know, uh, fit for, uh, fit over for T E Leslie Meehan. She said that, uh, she says, uh, I need to get this off my chest concerning Jeff, and this is scary for me. I've remained silent for a long time on something that impacted me. A while back, I ran a popular fan site for Man of Steel, and it was how I became acquainted with Jeff. A trailer didn't have the correct viewing audience. Uh, no one outside of the UK could view it. I let him know, and he was able to have someone correct it. It was a weekend, and my WB contacts were not around. From that point, Jeff became flirtatious with me. It was weird and uncomfortable, but I pretended to be obtuse to it because I really didn't know how to handle it. And, you know, then he... he it doesn't really go further into how he, what anything else that he did that was terrible or anything. She was, he flirted with a fan and she was uncomfortable with it. Um, but then you have another person, the cinnamon bun, uh, not Sophia Coppola on Twitter says, Jeff Johns used to flirt with me via DMS when I was 17. And I just figured he'd get exposed as a creep someday, but I never thought he could be a horrible person. (laughs) (laughs) LOL. Sorry. You dealt with that Ray. Yeah. So, you know, it, things aren't looking good for Jeff and Joss. And uh, if as lots of people have asked our thoughts about this. And um, I mean, I look, man, I love Jeff, a lot of Jeff's contributions to TV. I love a lot of his shit and comics. Dude, I've got all of Buffy, all of Angel on my wall in there. I've got Dr. Horrible sing along blog, Serenity, I, Dollhouse. But if he's doing this shit, he's got to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's true of both. <clears throat> Can't keep them around just because they're fun. Um, I, was I mean, if they're, this, yeah, yeah. If they're abusing people with <laughs> with their work and yeah, I don't know. It's just no. Sorry, guys, you got to go. Yeah, You're part of the problem. Yep. The um, I, I scrolled down the other day and saw like a picture of uh, all the villains and it's the, just the whole injustice society of uh, Star Girl. Uh huh. And it's not in the final picture with like post. Um. It's it's just uh, it's literally on a green screen like with all mm-hmm. the lighting and in the world, and it's not even the final pose they use. It's clearly just one of the shots that somebody had access to and leaked or took out or whatever. Um, and like there's in costume the entire Injustice Society behind uh, you know eight of them. Um, they they did uh, there's no Grundy stand in. They put him in. That's one of the green screens there. Mm-hmm. So at kneeling though like so far below that I guess they could still work with it is uh, Luke Wilson. In what is hilariously a very like Freddy Krueger looking stri- stripesy shirt, mm-hmm. and then over on his right, uh, Jeff Johns. I was like, mm. I, just the other day, the first thought when I was scrolling through was like, mm. there, are, there, are not, there are more villains in this picture possibly than than you thought when you took the picture. Oh yeah, and I, yeah, it's, it definitely seems like more stuff is coming about Jeff Johns for sure. But and it sucks because I like his work, but oh, he's yeah. he's definitely contributed a lot to the DC universe. Um, yeah. And I was talking to somebody the other day and kind of brought up like sometimes suspension of disbelief has to go beyond what you're actually uh, go beyond the product and into the production. Like you're going to find out later that some people were shitty. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you have to throw out everything. It does mean you maybe go back and view it differently and see if there's something you didn't catch before, like something, something nuanced that wouldn't, wouldn't have occurred to you before. Yeah. But it also doesn't mean that everything that made it to the screen is 
you know, cancelable. Sometimes it's just shitty people do nice things on screen oh, or yeah, on, I mean, we, on the page. There's no reason to, you know, burn the first three or four seasons of CW just because Christberg has his, has his grubby, nasty, creepy ass hands all over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, encouragingly enough, the CW is still doing fine. They, they look, they had a problem. They denounced the problem readily and, and mm-hmm. completely. Yep. Moved on and found a new way to do things and, and they're doing fine. Well, yeah. And also, I'm sad to say that most of those shows are not as good without Andrew Kreisberg there, but still got to go. <laughs> I don't know if that was a product Sorry. of him or if it was a product of the writers just trying to go in directions that, in some cases, yeah. it's just going in directions that we find a little boring. Yeah. I don't know which version of that it is, but it doesn't matter because Kreisberg needed to go. Yeah. Yeah. So all you geniuses out there who are really good at writing, stop being creeps. <laughs> Stop being jackasses, Joss. What the hell, man? <laughs> it's it's a decent suggestion in, in general. If you have some talent and you're going to try to be, you know, credited, a public figure, someone with an IMDb page, if you have instincts or something that are making you make creepy decisions, go see a therapist and get that shit dealt with before, it, before A, you hurt anybody, because that's primarily what you should be concerned with is, oh, I'm a bad person, or I at least have instincts that are going to harm people. I should go take care of this. Mm-hmm. And then B, you're not going to come out of this, okay? Like, for your own good, go take care of it. But for sure, for everybody else's. Yeah. See, In but, general, you know, just everyone go to therapy for a second. Go see if there's some shit you need to turn over. The shit about Joss, though, like, did somewhat, in my mind, settle a uh, a discrepancy. Like, mm-hmm. I had heard for years that, like, Joss and Sarah Michelle Geller didn't get along. And then, like, there were, all these, artic- there were all these articles years ago that were like, Sarah Michelle Geller is the reason we can't get a Buffy reunion. And they were pretty much just blaming it on her. Like she, she felt like, you know, Joss owed more to her than, than, uh, he pretended. And then Joss was also like, well, no, she owes me. And they made her look like the reticent one. They did. Like the, the story would be that like both of them kind of felt like the other one wasn't grateful, but the headline was always Sarah Michelle Gelder is the reason. Yeah. And, uh, and then looking at it though, I'm like, uh, you probably tried to put your dick in it, didn't you, Joss? You probably <laughs> tried, and she was like, uh, Looking no. back. And even if not, you were a dick. You yeah. were a complete dick to that girl. Because the discrepancy lies in the fact that even though Buffy was my least favorite character on the show, Sarah Michelle Gellar, in any interview I've ever seen her in, has been nothing but delightful. <laughs> uh, I'd like to leave this topic behind, but... Uh, <laughs> as much as we can. Rest assured, uh, as more sure it'll come up again, though, as more news trickles out, I'm certain, almost certain that I will have a title out there of an episode one day that's like, yep, it's not okay to like Jeff Johns anymore. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so we, had that, we had that episode that like caused people real anger over on YouTube anyway, where I was like, why is it okay to like Jeff Johns and Zack Snyder? Yeah, it might not be true anymore. It just <laughs> might not be. It just might not be. And the thing is, it's like people... On Twitter, and this is the last thing I'll say about it, a lot of Snyder Cut fans, of which I you know, I consider myself a, a Snyder Cut enthusiast, can't wait for it, have wanted it since day one. But a lot of those a lot of those people have been like, Where have y'all been? I can't believe y'all haven't we've been telling you this for years. Yeah, but it was coming from you. <laughs> like it was coming from fans who were harassing Warner Brothers at every drop of every hat. There yeah. Like people who were being belligerent people who were attacking people for liking justice league as it was presented in the theaters, people who didn't know shit about it, anything. Just, Zack Snyder yeah, absolute just, GA completely clueless. Just enjoyed it for the sake of enjoying it. Like a lot of this, Jeff Johns was a snake. Jeff Johns did this. Joss Whedon did this. A lot of those people, if I hadn't blocked them, I, 
<laughs> it was because I slipped up. Mm, yeah. Because it was just like, oh, God. Really? So, yeah. How do you present just, yourself? We don't try to be scoopers by any stretch no. of the imagination. We never have. We never will. So when we're wrong, we'll just tell you we were wrong. Like, yep. we'll take guesses. But we're not trying to scoop anything. Yep. We're just fans who follow this shit a little too closely. Yeah. And that means that if we if we just see something on, you know, or uh, what's the chant people use on Twitter every now and then? Uh, Reddit is not a source. Reddit is not a source. Reddit is not a yeah. source. If we just see something in, in the rumor mill, I may even participate with it to some extent, but I'm not mm-hmm. going. It's not going to show up on the show. Not until we yeah. actually know something. Dude, like there was there were a bunch of like Reddit leaks that came out a few days or like a week ago or so that was like, here are all the things that are going to be at Fandom, and uh, James Gunn was just like, sorry, this isn't true. Yeah, and then people were like, wait, so none of this is true? And he's like, I mean, some of it might be. <laughs> I don't so know. It might be, but do not take this to heart. Um, but he's like, I'm telling you, some of it is not true. So that means some of it might be like all of it is suspect because some of it I know is not true. Yeah. And they're like, how would you know? And he's like, I'm James Gunn. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he didn't say that, but other people did. They were like, dude, he's James Gunn. He he's knows James, people. Yeah. This is not like he's directing <laughs> the Suicide Squad. <laughs> he's on a short list of people who are on a speed doll right now. Like, just just roll with it, man. Just just roll with it. Yeah, so don't get me wrong. I mean, look, we've we've been lying to you before. We've fallen for it before. We mm-hmm. do try to go back and say when we've fucked up like that. Absolutely. But just because we hear it does not necessarily mean we're going to buy it, and it definitely doesn't mean it's going to show up in our in what we refer to as a news show. Yeah, like I prefer uh, concrete sources or people that I can trust, not just you know some someone with a Ben Affleck avatar going. We but we done been telling y'all. That's yeah. not anything. That's not a source. <laughs> Yeah, saying and reporting are different things. Send me the screenshots of Zack Snyder saying it happened. That's what I want. Like, <laughs> or, or someone involved. Just, and you know, we, we have people that tell us stuff every now and then we're very confident about or confidential about it. Tell us your source and we'll absolutely maybe include the thing if we believe you. And you've yeah. got something you're, you're, you're back, you can back it up with for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you know what? Ray Fisher, that's a credible source. And it's a pretty credible source. He's, he's putting his whole career on the line. Yeah. So now we talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, now look, over, over to Snyder Cut. I'm excited about this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to give a huge hat tip to uh, our buddy Scott over on Suicide Squadcast. Or actually, it's DC Film Squadcast now. Mm-hmm. Um, this dude, Scott, man, meticulously went through this Vero thread and took screenshots and even like cropped them to look to be pretty and all mm-hmm. put them on on uh on twitter for us and i'm talking about them because this awesome uh zach just was answering it down to he did here's what you need and zach was answering questions uh jed balani asks uh, assuming that your cut of justice league somehow got released back in 2017 how different would it have been from the one that we're going to see in 2021 i mean have you made certain compromises in order to release your cut or are we going to see it exactly as you intended it to be zach says uh no compromise with a flexing arm 2017 all compromise <laughs> that's exciting uh, and uh knowing scott he'd he'd like He'd like to uh, put it this way. The juxtaposition of those two comments mm-hmm. is Absolutely. powerful. It is. <sighs> All right. So uh, at BVS was good. Said want to break Twitter and confirm Steppenwolf was, uh, has his original design from BVS in Justice League. Zack Snyder says, is that not well known? <laughs> <laughs> 
this is one of those where the the one of the rare moments where they were on the same page is even Whedon didn't like the version of Steppenwolf he was able to put out. That is true. Yeah, he was liking tweets that were yeah <laughs> shitting on Steppenwolf. He was actively being salty about that as the thing was being was in its theater run, like theatrical run. Yeah. Uh, Mind scab over on Vero says uh, one question about the nightmare: Why does Superman have the red and blue suit and not the black one? Uh, Zach says when he succumbs to anti-life, he returns to the red and blue suit. I don't even know what that means yet. He's just he's just gonna have to tell me. Yeah, I'm just gonna have to get that on on some form of media. I, um, plenty of speculation, but you mesh Narayan says love Batfleck. I was wondering where he got the trench coat from. Zach says probably pulled it off some dead guy. <laughs> I just just for funsies, and I don't think it would fit. It physically wouldn't fit, like because they're just a different body type. But I'd like to think he just pulled it off Gordon's corpse. Oh, that wouldn't that be great? There's no way J.K. Oh. Simmons and Richard Citrone are wearing the same size coat, though. I don't know. J.K. is jacked, dude. He is. He's not that small, dude. Are you high? I've seen him. I just don't. I don't know. I don't think they've had the same body type, but whatever. They don't have the same body type. I would believe type, it but... on screen if you told me. I would just quietly question, like, oh, I'm not sure they'd wear the same jacket, but whatever. I like the sentiment, so I'd, I'd roll yeah. with it for sure. Uh, he was asked if he was working on the VFX. He says, F yes, so deep in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sir, will Jonathan Kent appear one more time in your Justice League movie? Zach gives a smiling, winky face. I saw that one somewhere. <laughs> Um, it would be awesome to see come together playing the first trailer of just Zack Snyder's justice league. It would, uh, bring back the amazing memories before the 2017 disaster. And Zach says, I have something better. See, I'm, I'm curious because I love, I loved that. I did too. But that's also like, I mean, if you're me, that's just a, that's a wet dream, Mm -hmm. a cover of a Beatles song. Um, if you go into my music room right now, that's just, it's just a Beatles shrine with instruments around. And that is true. (laughs) <laughs> you haven't even seen it since I got the Alex Ross stuff on the wall too. Oh geez, no. Oh yeah, I got all the Yellow uh, Submarine Alex Ross prints, baby. All of girl. Yeah. Yeah. I have to send you a picture of that. Um, I'm short two frames because two of them broken shipping. But as soon as I get those up, too. Oh. Anyway, um, it's a shrine. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Beatles fanatic. It's one of those things that, like, if I got to talk to Conan for like 20 minutes. I w- it wouldn't have anything to do with his career. I just want to talk to about the about the Beatles because I know he's a yeah. fanatic too, like him, Dana Carvey, other people. Anyway, uh, that aside, a lot of Snyder's choices I love, like the Cornell song and and Man of Steel. I fucking love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like me, me and Snyder could sit down and talk music pretty happily for for half an hour and and really enjoy ourselves. So I don't Probably. know what he's got up his sleeve that he thinks is better than a rocked out blues ass cover of come together that was actually pretty fucking good mm-hmm. but i'm listening by the way um i'm there for it bethany and i just recorded our review of live and let die oh goddamn good song great song and apparently the the director uh of that movie guy hamilton heard the song and said i mean that's good for a demo but when are you gonna make the real thing <laughs> and like the producer one of the producers oh, you're uh, kidding Al Broccoli was like, yeah, we want, uh, I want somebody, I want a, uh, an African-American actress to, to sing the song at the beginning. I don't want it to be you. And Paul McCartney was like, oh yeah, no, if we're not going to sell you the song unless it's us. Yeah. And, uh, and then Saltzman and one of the other producers was like, eh, I, I, I passed on producing a hard day's night. I'm not saying no to McCartney again. <laughs> <laughs> Which by the way, uh, this I've is, been done this road once. Sorry, yeah. bro. Like this was the first time that the that the the 
main Bond composer didn't come back. It was George Martin on the entire thing. That actually makes sense. Yeah. That makes so sense. Anyway. George Martin could do that in his sleep. Oh, do, it was that a, dude was fantastically talented. It was a great score. I great. have no doubt. I have no doubt whatsoever. I, I mean, like, it was finally this, this music is just kicking, man. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just gorgeous. I mean, they would they would do things like uh, on "In My Life." They uh, or they, like "In My Life" uh, for the benefit of Mr. Uh, Mr. Kite. Like all all kinds of little songs where um, George Martin really was the fifth like he would just they would literally go to lunch sometimes or just leave the studio to go see somebody for half a second come back and he'd play him like well this is what i did when you're out and they were like oh my god that's it that's wow thank you man yeah which is great for um you know four lads that he was reluctant to even sign it when he mm-hmm. first heard him by the uh, way much to guy hamilton's chagrin i imagine uh and i know we don't we we say we don't care about such things on this show for the most part but in this case it's it's to screw over somebody who said a stupid thing uh Happen. live and let die won that that song won an academy award like <laughs> oh, I, I have no doubt it's gorgeous i mean yeah. uh, it's a it's a great song um i've heard it performed by mccartney live and it just it'll knock your dick off it's just it's fantastic yeah. yeah and just for funsies and if anyone wants to pitch in and tell me like somewhere in the middle section in the bridge I swear that's John in the background. Hmm. I've, never, I've never found anywhere to prove it. There's a voice in the background. I can't remember what it says off the top of my head. I'd have to go back and listen to it. But I swear that's John in the background. And I've just never been able to find that corroborated or denied. Interesting. If anyone knows anything, let me know. Interesting. They used to do that though all the time. Like back back when everyone was still, you know, alive. They um they'd pop in, do backup vocals to other people to, you know, other Beatles songs. Mm-hmm. Like the first number one hit post Beatles was a Ringo song. Um God, I can't remember the name. I think picture. But um, like all the Beatles were there for that. It was it was they they were in and on the recording to some extent. They just sometimes kept it kind of low key. Interesting. All right. So nope. um, now out of the Beatles minute of DC on screen, we have them often. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help it. Uh, David Avery says, "Are we getting the Junkie XL score for Justice League?" Zack Snyder says, "Fuck yes." Oh hell yeah. Uh, Corey Hobbs says, "Hans Zimmer's two piano notes." <laughs> Zack Snyder says. Of course. Is there another? Those two? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I keep... God, I, I, I've had it on repeat. Enough that Spotify put it on my repeat list. Uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've had. I've been playing the Man of Steel soundtrack so much. That thing's gorgeous. It's just gorgeous. I yep. love it. Eric M. Blake says, There's been some debate over whether or not your Justice League has Lois giving the speech where she says, Only from the darkness can we truly feel the light, etc. Could you settle for us, sir, in your version of the film? Does Amy Adams give that statement? Zack Snyder says, I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's had a couple Jesu- of those where he's like, I don't even know yeah, what you're talking yep. about. Uh, Kuba says, uh, Sir, does Cyborg have a nightmare vision? where Superman is destroying the world under Darkseid's authority some moments before Clark opens his eyes and flies out of the ship when the League drops the mother box on him. Zack Snyder gives a winking, smiling face. <laughs> and as Scott put it, we've seen the storyboards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen those storyboards. Um, hey, Zack, is the new aspect ratio of 166 expanding from the, the- theatrical's 185 ratio, making more use of the 35 millimeter negative, or will it just be a little more on top but less on the sides? Zach what says, a "Technical question." I know. Zach says the film was shot in 133, so 185 was a crop. I am working on 133. Mm. Um, mm. Have you experienced? Snyder says, "Have you shot Justice League with d- a digital camera?" Zach says, "No film." Mm. Um, mm. <laughs> mass. 
Massey FH says, first of all, thanks for everything. I had just, a, I, I just have a question. What did you mean about Unite the Seven? A Green Lantern is coming? Zach, smiling, winking face. <laughs> <laughs> and one uh. more, uh, Hey, Zach is the black suit that appears behind Superman in the deleted scene in the scout ship. The design for the suit he actually wears. Zach says, not quite. That was done without me trying to use my design, but got it a bit wrong. Wait, which suit? The uh, black suit that appeared in the deleted scene in the scout ship behind him. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, By the way, HBO Max has replaced, completely replaced the theatrical cut of BVS with the ultimate edition. That is Mm -hmm. totally Zach's doing. Uh, Zach posted a picture uh as far as i can tell a new picture of of ben in the nightmare suit and it says of course it's real of course he's real he's on hbo max and uh i just i dug that i Mm -hmm. i man i'm so glad that hbo max has the as the ultimate edition because that is zach's version of the of the film and that theatrical cut just i don't need people seeing that <laughs> that I've, caused us a lot of problems. Frankly. I've already, I've st- even at this point, still got people who are like, "Well, we, we watched the movie." I'm like, "How long was it? <laughs> oh, two and a half hours? Yeah, that's not the one. Yeah, that's not the one. right one. Well, I'm not gonna we, watch it again. All right, don't. I don't we know. had, we must have recorded between us, uh, us popping on other shows, uh-huh. us revisiting it a couple times to answer questions. We must have done twelve to fourteen hours worth of talking about that movie. Absolutely, and, and they were all basically okay look if you see the other version if you see the other 30 minutes this is an entirely different movie yeah not all of them but definitely the latter half so yeah but you know i I don't know uh we are we are pretty heavily associated at this point with stranded panda matt uh carol's network uh that he started from mcu cast and Mm -hmm. star trek universe and who watched the watchman and all that so we are getting a lot of marvel people who are now asking questions about like Snyder stuff and BVS and also wanting to talk to me about like their problems with BVS. And I'm like, dude, I heard this shit like three years ago. <laughs> so like I'm well versed in arguing the points, but give me a second sometimes because just give me a second to calm down. <laughs> Cause I've been I mean, arguing this for years now. We did, we did one specific show after BVS, wasn't it? Where it was like 44 yeah. answered questions. Mm hmm. And it was, so, yeah. it, someone took the time to write 44 fucking questions about uh, just about that show. And then we, we filled it in. Uh, and this is before we had seen anything like an ultimate edition. So we, right. we filled it out with, uh, with some headcanon, some answers. And I think for the majority, we, we ended up, our headcanon ended up being something that was in the ultimate cut or something that was, uh, you know, at least workable by either cut. Yeah, but I mean, we've just we've we've put in a lot of time on this, so yeah, we, we yeah. it may it, 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 there's a little bit of PTSD on it almost. Yeah, and I, I'm surprisingly getting a lot of people who are like saying stuff to me like, by the way, I uh, I watched the Ultimate Edition and it is way better, but I still have these problems, and those problems are always invariably Jesse Eisenberg and the Martha moment. I'm like, I can tell you why they work for me. I yeah. can't make you get over your shit though. And yeah. like, there's like, like Matthew West Fox over at superhero ethics is just like specifically him was like, I'm, f- he's a great villain. If only he wasn't named Lex. And I'm like, no, that's some fan entitlement bullshit. I can't help you there. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. That is, that is a petty qualm. <laughs> I mean, all right, let's look at stuff you've had to get over. It still bothers you that Galgados yes. eyes aren't brown or are brown. Yeah. Still bothers yeah. you. A little bit, a little bit. Like every now and then you're like, it's just that one thing. <laughs> yeah. There's just like little petty qualms. Like I have stuff like that. Like 
in in the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, like it bothers me that Kirk's eyes are blue and friggin' uh, Bones' eyes are brown when it should be reversed. <laughs> like it just bothers me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I get it. There can be little things like that, but eh, overall, yeah, you, some overall, stuff you just have to kind of shrug your shoulders and be like, eh, it's not going to be perfect. And yeah, that it's a it's a. And I like I like Matthew West Fox, uh, but it is just mind numbing to me. I'm just like. Wait, how? What do you mean? He's a brilliant villain, but you just can't. You don't like him because his name is Lex. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> like that? I, the, the statement no, doesn't I'm make not, any really sense. Really, not to try me. to hate on him here, but that on the on the pettiness <laughs> scale, that seems pretty high. Like I, I kind of want to explore it more. Uh, like, yeah. what, what is it? What is it about this that gets to you? Because he's been Lex or Alex or or it's he's been several things over the years. Yeah, we've seen so many different versions of him, and you know, and like, that's not like, my Lex. The long red hair is is precedented it's been drawn you know there's i had um i think it was sherman smith over on stranded panda that was like that's not lex that's not the right lex or whatever i'm like okay so who's the right lex because are you talking about the mad scientist are you talking about the like greedy businessman the capitalist are you talking about the The midwestern huckster you're talking about (laughs) there's like you're talking about rosenbaum you're talking about super friends in the iron man suit what do you do what do you what do you want which one which one's right there's so many (sighs) oh But yeah, so if I seem a little, if things get a little terse, I apologize. <laughs> it, it's um, it's only that it's a burden that we've been bearing for some time, and uh, you know, there's there's it's it's very loaded in certain ways for us. Those yeah, kinds of and, questions, and to for me, like the there's a lot of stuff that goes back to like the arguments always seem to go back to either, and it's usually the same people saying this. Well, I mean. I just feel like they were trying to be too much like Marvel and get to Avengers. Okay. But you're mad because they're not enough like Marvel because they went a darker road and did something different. Well, yeah. I mean, they're not like Marvel, but you just complained. They're trying to be like Marvel. Yeah. There are, there are people that, that believe and, uh, um, with, I think varying degrees of legitimacy, um, who, who believe that it's, that like DC is Schrodinger's Marvel. Um, Uh, that it's, it's, Sometimes too much like them and sometimes not enough like them. Yeah. I mean, I think the issue was Warner Brothers wanted to be like Marvel and Zack Snyder wanted to tell his thing. Zack Snyder wanted to be Nolan and yeah. Warner Brothers wanted to be Marvel. And you know what? Frankly, I'm, I'm glad he's not exactly Nolan because the Nolan stuff to me isn't. I don't think that's the high watermark that we're going to hit. I think we well, can do a lot better than that, frankly. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he wanted to be Nolan because... He wouldn't have done Justice I know. League I just, if he you wanted mean to be he Nolan, just wanted but... to have like his, yeah, he, he wanted, wanted to do to, his take. He, he wanted to be wanted an auteur and vision. actually yes. tell his, like, he wanted a vision. And the man deserves be... it because God is a division. Yeah. <laughs> like this is one of the great moments that's, uh, that the, the Snyder Cut people actually achieved is getting a vision this late in the game or for what, I, for my predictions, what is very early in the game. I thought this would take another five years. Um, like I... I always suspected it might be out there, but I didn't think we'd get it by demand this early. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like to to have gotten this, to have gotten Snyder's uh, vision across, and and especially with, I mean, he's he's not even toying around anymore. He's just straight up saying like, no, they're I I'm getting to do all the things. And even the the AT and T brass when they're doing interviews have said the same thing like, oh God, I wish it was only thirty million. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Like all the talking points are in line. And the big difference is like. And one of the villains that gets lost in this is the like the Emmerich Sujihara crew. Um, there, there are apparently plenty of people to blame for what has transpired, and Indeed. some of the division that has been a part of our lives for several years now. Mm-hmm. But 
some of those executives clearly like thought they thought they had an idea. They thought they were going to try to do an auteur version of, of the universe. And then the moment there was any pushback, they buckled. They fucking buckled, man. Well, to be fair, what they did was they went with, they had Green Lantern, which they thought was <laughs> their version of a Marvel movie that yeah. where they followed the formula of a Marvel movie. It did not do well because if I remember correctly, everybody was complaining. Oh, all the headlines were, they're trying to be Marvel now. I don't remember that. I don't remember the headlines, but oh, I, do, I do. I mean, you know, we've clearly reviewed it and watched it recently and. They need to focus on being Nolan. Okay, we'll go the auteur route. Oh, they're, you well, can't you do just that. go from like Heath Ledger's Joker is is the last thing a lot of people remember. I mean, honestly, some people uh, there's plenty of debate about Dark Knight Rises, and for God's sake, we've done mm-hmm. it. But that was a very particular view of a universe. And then what is it? Uh, three years later, you're looking at Green Lantern. Yeah. Um, not even that. Um, less than two years later, I think. Anyway, uh, not very long after, you're looking at Green Lantern, and it it does it is it is very marvelly. I mean, that's a I mean, it really is. It very much fits some of the patterns of like the old, uh, like an Ant-Man or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when you get into Man of Steel, like Snyder clearly just was, he had a thing he wanted to do and it was not the Marvel version of things. Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, it's artsy. It's a little navel gazy. I like it a lot more now than I did initially. But Look, it took itself seriously and didn't apologize for it. I love that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love the movie in general. I've loved it. Like our initial review of Man of Steel was me defending the movie <laughs> to you. Yes, <laughs> it's, you've 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 uh, brightened on this movie a lot. In the last I, I have brightened years. on Snyder's vision too. Like even back in the day, I would have been like, I don't agree with all of his decisions because he killed Jimmy Olsen. There's no reason for that. And now I'm just like, who gives a shit? Yeah, like, yeah. There we have like a million versions of these infinite universes. Who Olsen has gives his a own shit? series right now. It'll be, it'll be okay. Um, and going back, we, we still have to reckon with Watchmen, which was Snyder and which did not mm-hmm. do nearly as well as they thought. They thought they had a, a fucking knock it out of the park. No way this can go wrong. Well, this you is going to be a billion and a half dollars. Yeah, you know? but you know, they did the same thing they did to them on, BB, on BVS. They cut out, they made them cut out like 30 minutes or so. Exactly. And same thing. If you watch the full version versus theatrical, guess what? Different movie. Mm-hmm. Feels different, acts different, is better. Here. But here's the thing. When I watched Watchmen in the theater, I dug it, man. I dug it hard. I oh, liked I did it. too. I love the shit out of the movie. When I watched I the director's cut. I liked it. Liked I liked it, hard. it even more. <laughs> when you and I sat and watched like the... <laughs> that was one of those where like you, you had never quite done it. And I was like, you've never seen the ultimate cut? Yeah. Are you serious? Hey, we're yeah. doing this tonight. And we did. We sat down and watched what is almost three and a half hours worth of movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, soaked up every second of it. And it's not even like that's... I don't know. That was probably the seventh or eighth time I've done it. And I've done it another 10 times since then. Sat down and watched that movie. And it it's was fan- that I night. It. it was that night that I said, God, if only they'd let Zack Snyder do like Justice League. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. I was like, and, and look at the Minutemen. He should do, they should let him start with Justice Society. Yeah. Like, let him do a JSA. I was, as the marketing push put it all in. Yeah. And but if you're if you're uh, if you're Warner Brothers, you're having to reckon with okay. Look, we tried to do a comic accurate version with uh, all tour leadership, and it didn't get us where we wanted. It made its money back, and some, and and plenty. Frankly, I mean, it made plenty of money. Don't don't mistake that. But making double what you put into a four hundred million dollar budget isn't necessarily enough. You got to pass mm-hmm. a certain mark before you get more. Um, they did it. It was great. For, and they, critically, it didn't didn't it really didn't do well critically coming out, but it has a lot more following I think now than it did when it came out. Well, importantly, you're talking about BVS, right? 
No, I'm talking about Watchmen on that one. Oh, you're talking about Watchmen. They right. they have a very similar reception mm-hmm. to me. That's my point. Is Watchmen comes out, they they try to do the auteur by the book thing. Right. It it doesn't do exactly what they wanted. So they go they they seems like almost they went the other way with it. Okay, let's take a character that's not top tier. And I'm sorry, Green Lantern is not he's not one of the top he's not the he's not the big three. You know what I mean? No. But so, he but, is kind of the closest thematically, I guess, and and he is the closest to Iron Man. Oh yeah, yeah, for I sure. I think they were I mean, totally got, trying to do Iron Man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> that like that movie is the most I've ever felt like the accusations of just trying to copy Marvel were true, mm-hmm. and they were only what two years after uh, to date. I mean, they, they were very close. It was very I clear. Mean, yeah, I mean, uh, at least now until we have freaking a- David Ayers and oh no, they told me I had we had to recut Justice. Uh, sorry, Suicide Squad to be more like Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they made adjustments even on Suicide Squad, which was an, a movie, by the way, that they bet the farm on, uh, you know, in quotes, correcting the franchise. Because BBS had come under such critical reception, they're like, no, 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 we have this in the bag. It's going to set everything straight. Don't worry about it. And at the last minute, like, well, I don't know what to do. Let's make it like Deadpool. And I remember the I remember the reports that came out, and this was years ago, before we ever started the podcast. I think it was like 2013, 2014, me telling my, my friend uh, Jason Guthrie. I was like, man, they are talking about doing, they're doing Suicide Squad. They are going to be spending like $50 million on it. They're talking about like doing like big tent poles, but then also like supplementing that by building the universe out with really small movies that mm-hmm. have like, t- like a tiny budget. And we were just both like, oh, that is so the way to go. And then they were just like, they somehow just trailed off of that and screwed it up. <laughs> no, instead early on, what they did was. And again, this is all just me blaming the executives and like, a, like a, there was a lack of, I mean, A, there was a lack of good ideas and B, there was a lack of leadership and C, for sure, there was a lack of standing behind your product. And a lot of that was like, no, we're, we're going to, they built so hard early on, especially after Man of Steel, um, like the budget kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, uh, it, which was not necessarily the way to go. Like, like you said, there should be fill in movies. There should be, mm-hmm. you know, uh, outside movies. They, they figured that out eventually, but it wasn't that group of executives that sorted that shit out. Those idiots just shortened all the movies and got them out on time and took their fucking bonuses at the end of the year. Um, well, I don't yeah, think like they took going, bonuses. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they tried for sure did um no they were the whole thing is you were trying to he was they were trying to make sure that in case they were gone when at&t came in if justice league was a success they were going to get bonuses mm-hmm. justice league was not a success <laughs> justice league was a flop <sighs> it made a little yeah, money I mean, but not much here's the thing it's still it's still a matter of like they double their budget and the budget was inflated based on some earlier movies that got built into that budget uh-huh. They still made probably twice what they put in that movie when it comes down right down to it. But that's mm-hmm. not enough. It's really not. It's kind of like Constantine getting five and a half million views on NBC and just getting summarily canceled. I think, mm-hmm. I think it's low point was like four and a half or some shit. It's just not enough in certain areas. It depends on what you're doing. But yeah. if, if you're trying to make a big budget movie with the big three involved and starring, you don't cross a billion, you're done. NBC would done. kill for those numbers now, though, by the way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the days of the office, even scrubs are long gone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, they, they went back and forth on what they wanted to do. They never had a clear vision. Um, and I think all of the people who signed on board honestly suffered for it a little bit, if not heavily. I mean, you could argue that all of these series of indecisions are eventually ended, say, Affleck and rehab. Affleck? Affleck. Affleck. I didn't mean to call him an insurance company. It's okay. <laughs> Affleck. That's what I heard after I said it. I was like, did I say that? Anyway. Did we just find a, a natural endpoint to that? 
conversation? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, okay. I'm going to talk about this. Uh, Henry Cavill was on the Big Ticket podcast with Mark Malkin. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of headlines saying, like, Henry Cavill dashes fans' hopes. Uh, that's not what it's saying. Mark asked, will you go back to playing Superman again? I Googled right before we talked because I needed the la- the latest rumor. It's just rumor after rumor after rumor. What is the wildest one you've heard about you and Superman? Henry does not answer, will you go back to playing Superman again? Mm-hmm. Henry does not uh, answer, what is the wildest rumor you've heard about you and Superman? Really? Henry sidesteps that Henry says in reference to the rumors, they get wilder and wilder by the day. The amount of speculation, the stuff I read on the internet is extraordinary and sometimes frustrating. It's when you see people stating stuff as fact, like, no, that's not the case. That hasn't happened. And that conversation isn't happening. But the important thing is that people are excited about it. And I think it's important to be excited about a character like Superman. Superman is a fantastic character. If people are chatting about it, and even if they're making stuff up, it's okay. Because that means they want to see the character again. And in an, in an ideal world, I would absolutely love to play the character again. Yeah, if Henry Cavill wasn't an actor, mm-hmm. he would be a PR agent. Yeah. And they a said, damn good one. Mark says, do you ever leave a comment on a rumor online using an alias? Henry says, I'm not going to lie. I've been tempted. <laughs> but there's, but then this is why he's Superman. He says, but there's something about that. That feels deeply immoral when it's about Superman. And if I'm representing Superman, it just feels like the wrong thing to do. I'm just going to let this all play out. Me saying something isn't going to make a difference. What does it really matter? One day people will know the truth. And if they don't know it now, it's okay. Yeah. He's God. He's so good at PR. <laughs> he, he, so, he, he, it's, it's always impressive. I mean, did you see him on the Patrick Stewart thing the other day? Oh, I, I heard about it. I didn't see it. Not yet. It was it was glorious. He summed up the entire Snyder uh, debacle in like 10 seconds and did it with this British air of not throwing a single person under the bus. Mm-hmm. Simply kind of explaining that things were complicated and a little bit messy kind of. It, it like just And then goes straight into very similar sentiment about um, like as long as people are interested in the character and care about the character. And then that's where he's been quoted as saying like, I want to play that character again. Mm-hmm. Because that's as really as deliberate and bold as I've seen him be is really on that show where he just straight up said, no, I would like to do this again. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, all these people saying all these headlines saying like, oh, remember when we said that he's back? Yep. He just squashed that. No, no he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. He, didn't he say sidestepped anything. all of that. He didn't say and he anything. left you several avenues for interpretation so he doesn't have to be accountable for any of it. He's really good at talking yeah. himself in PR, man. I'm like, he said a ton of shit. And what he did was sidestep everything that the guy wanted to know, but also made me feel good about him playing Superman. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. Yeah. Like, you know how they send people with Tom Holland because he can't be trusted necessarily? Mm-hmm. Because he's just, he, he's just Spider-Man <laughs> in yeah. certain ways. Like, like they send Cumberbatch with him, who's just very austere and deliberate with what he says and wants and can kind of controls the situation. Yeah, this is the kind of person that they send with those kind of people. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, there's been a frustrating narrative that mm-hmm. I've, I've seen f- unfolding on social media. And uh, that narrative is thus. <laughs> now that Snyder Cut is happening, WB has lost faith in Pattinson. They're scrapping that movie. And of course, this is why we can't trust a lot of the Snyder Cut fans because they say shit like this. They get this rumor started. I have seen this all over the place. Well, HBO Max has uh, (laughs) made a new DC drama series commitment from Matt Reeves and Terrence Winter 
that is set in the expansive world that Reeves is creating for the Batman film. Mm -hmm. So not only do they have faith in the movie. And when I saw that headline, I'm pretty sure I could hear Brooklyn Batman laughing from from far away. (laughs) Just soaking it up. (laughs) Um, So they announced that they have given a serious commitment to a Gotham City Police Department show. It's mm-hmm. going to be set in the same universe, and they do specify the Batman universe that Matt Reeves is creating, thereby, in my mind, pushing the idea that this is a separate universe from the DCEU. This is not part of the Snyderverse. Sorry, it, people who refuse to believe otherwise. I mean, we know it's in the multiverse, but they're not rebooting it. They're That's playing what, with the multiverse. They're going to do different versions of things. Yeah. They've fully given in to the idea that they can do different versions of things and that the fans won't just have an absolute conniption. Right. And, you know, and then we have to turn around and explain like, no, this isn't a soft reboot. We're not rebooting Ben Affleck. Damn it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Multiverse, yeah. y'all. Multiverse. Michael Keaton is not Ben Affleck. Robert Pattinson, not Ben Affleck. Separate Batman. Separate universes. They all may coincide at some point and mingle and say howdy, but they're not, it's not the same universe. <laughs> not um, that it wouldn't crack me up if we came back to the movies afterward. And the only thing that's the same is Ezra Miller's Flash, and he just refers to he met another Flash and everything's different now. Mm-hmm. Not that that wouldn't make me kind of laugh in a way, because yeah. it would just be crazy for TV to be used as the mechanism to affect movies in that capacity. Oh, absolutely. I've never seen anything like that. Even if we don't get a, a sh- that shot from Ezra Miller's perspective in the Flash movie mm-hmm. of seeing Grant Gustin, I would love it if like Barry was in sort of a funk and they're like, what happened? And we just have that Lewis Tully moment from Ghostbusters 2 where he's just like, I'm in another Flash and everything's different now. <laughs> like we just have the Lewis Tully where he tells the judge like, plus they, they, <laughs> Plus they, uh, oh God, plus I turned into a dog and they helped me. Like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> I wouldn't mind it. And I wouldn't mind any expanded version of of talking about it. But honestly, I th- if, if I had to put money on anything right now, it'll just be that he starts calling himself the Flash. And mm-hmm. when they ask why he's calling himself that, he does a callback to where he got the name. Oh, yeah. That's just for my money, if I had to bet what I think will happen. Yeah. And I'll be so happy to see it if it does. Like, even if I get even that, I'll be just be beside myself. Where'd you come up with the Flash? Well, I came up with it, kind of. <laughs> well, it was another version of me. Anyway, in a different suit. Nice guy. Yeah. Oh, God. I just can't wait for it. I just want to see it. I just want to see all the mm-hmm. things. I'm excited. Anyway, Matt Reeves said, you know, this is an amazing opportunity not only to expand the vision of the world I am creating in the film, but to explore it in the kind of depth and detail that only a long-form format can afford. And getting to work with the incredibly talented Terrence Winter, who has written so insightfully and powerfully about worlds of crime and corruption, is an absolute dream. Um, And, you know, HBO Max said a lot of great things about it. They're all happy as shit. Cool. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Now, you know, I've seen some people saying, like, so basically they're doing Gotham. I heavily doubt it. No, 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 no. I I really don't. Even with this... Even with this news bit, uh, Justin Kroll from Variety says, no idea if Pattinson will make uh, a Batman appearance, but what I have learned is that it will be set before the Batman is set and dive into how Gotham became corrupt and infested with criminals. Yeah. Even with Remember that, year one when Gotham is getting his ass, or not Gotham, Gordon is getting his ass kicked by the corrupt cops, uh, uh-huh. Flask, I think his name. Mm-hmm. That's what I think we're getting. Like, not necessarily that scene, but I think we're getting more more of that. Like, and Terrence is... You know, it's it's uh, crime or criminal drama. That is that's that's his background. Yeah, and I'm I'm hoping like 
I don't know how like I'm 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 hoping we're not going to get Batman as a kid. I'm hoping we're going to be dealing with cops who are now dealing with like a Batman running around in Gotham doing stuff. But yeah. we don't see a lot of that. That way they can have like a stuntman in a suit and not actually have to like really delve into Batman. Yeah. Um hopefully it will be the thing. It will be Gotham Central. It will be like what I wanted yeah. Gotham to be for all those years and it wasn't. <laughs> You know, Gotham just kind of went a different way with it. They got they got uh, a little a little fantastic, a little spectacular, mm-hmm. and, and for better or worse, sometimes. Yep. But they always, I mean, even from the first couple episodes, played with you know they're gonna be they're gonna be villains, they're gonna be gimmicks, they're gonna be um, familiar names that you know have an outcome. All of that. If if you just do a show that's literally just Gotham PD, yeah, I think you got a different thing on your hands. You don't mm-hmm. necessarily have to bring all that in. Right. And you can work on the theory that a lot of people have about Gotham that it's Batman's emergence that brings all that out in people that maybe arguably otherwise would not have, you know, gotten to that point with their personality. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, reporter Chris Tapley says that the Batman movie, uh, he says, is is going to get going again in September. In the meantime, the sets will be built up in studios in order to facilitate uh, Reeves' vision for Gotham City. He says, hearing the Batman picks back up in September, all locations are scrapped, everything in studio now. That would make sense. I believe it. <clears throat> I mean, to get started that early under unknown circumstances, yeah, I can totally yeah. buy that. And we've seen, you know, studio sets work, you know, in Tim Burton's movies. Nolan did it in Batman Begins. Yeah. We've seen it happen. It can be done. I oh, mean, wait. presumably someone's thought long and hard about whether it could be done before they pulled that trigger. Mm-hmm. We'll just have to see if they're right, effectively. There's a uh, there's a recent interview with Empire where Patty mm-hmm. Jenkins says that uh, she mentions a live, uh, sorry, not only the live action spinoff film for the Amazons, but a possible animated series that would focus <laughs> on the other members of the Amazons. So I guess we'll keep you updated on that, y'all. Mm, yeah. Um, this is cool. You, you remember the guy, you know who Clifford V. Johnson is? Mm, not off top. He is, you just saw him too. A British theoretical physicist. And he's a professor at the University of Southern California. Okay. He's worked on, he's done consulting for The Martian, for Interstellar, for Arrival, a bunch of Marvel movies, uh, you know, like Ragnarok, Infinity War, Endgame. Mm-hmm. And he was the person talking to Krista Milioti in Palm Springs, like on, oh. on yeah, yeah, the yeah. satellite. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, like they literally got him in the movie to yeah. talk about quantum physics. And uh, this He's dude probably just happy to get his actual face on instead of his consultation. Yeah. And this dude is consulting on the flash. Sweet. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, it's good when you just reach out to an expert instead of, you know, your stoner buddy. Mm hmm. And then you. Nah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark Bernardin says mm-hmm. on uh, on uh, Fat Man Beyond. Can't, yeah, there you go. You're trying I, to remember the instantiation. Yeah, it's Fat yeah. Man Beyond currently. Uh, I have it on pretty good authority that there exists in the Warner Brothers vault a 170-minute cut of Batman Forever. I think that it went much deeper into his childhood psychosis and his mental blocks, and that it was a more serious, darker version of that movie that was one of the first assemblies that Joel filed with the studio, and they eventually cut it down because they were like, it's too dark for kids, we got to sell these Happy Meals, so maybe let's not invest ourselves into the trauma of childhood murder. We've got Jim Carrey. Let him do some shit. We've got Ace Ventura. Just yeah. let him lean into that. Now, yeah, Variety confirmed with a source close to the movie that there was a, a longer assembly cut uh, of Batman Forever. It was much darker in nature. And um, it involved Two-Face escaping from Arkham Asylum. And I do remember Rene Arbogenois, the guy that played, uh, he just pa- recently passed away. He played Odo in uh, Deep Space Nine. He was on Benson. Uh, he, he played Dr. Burton, um, who looked a lot like Tim Burton. 
He was mm-hmm. one of the asylum doctors. But uh, it features a, an extended scene with uh, Riddler invading the Batcave and using his cane as a weapon. And uh, But they're saying, like, representatives said that the, the, there's been no discussions about distributing a director's cut of Batman Forever. They're not aware if the footage for an extended version has even survived 25 years. Uh, even, even so, some of the deleted scenes do appear on the DVD and Blu-ray editions of the movie and have made their way to YouTube. But, you know, that stuff would have to probably be color graded and, and supervised and Joel Schumacher just died. So it's not looking good for that they cut to show his face. To, yeah, they'd have to put it in the right hands. And, yeah. And honestly, yeah, 25 years is a long time to not have to touch something up. Yeah. Right, yeah, there's a lot to do there. Um, one last bit for movie news. Fandom. Mm-hmm. Questions.dcfandom.com on August 22nd. It says we will be celebrate. We will celebrate our amazing fans of the DC fandom. We want your voice heard and your important questions answered. Please submit your questions here via text or video. There's no limit on the number you ask or the DC costumes you wear. It's you or our fans <laughs> who put in the fan at fandom. That's what they said. Uh, so if you want to throw out questions for the fandom, questions.dcfandom.com. And when we come back from break. We'll be talking a little bit about Batwoman, a little bit about Stargirl, and answering listener questions. Forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Dave, here to remind you that in preparation for Die Another Day, my wife, Bethany, and I have been watching every James Bond film, most of them, for the very first time. If you're into 007 or you've always wanted to get into it, check out Breaking Bond on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else, including BreakingBondCast.com. All right, we are back. And uh, we got a little bit of TV news here. Uh, Javicia Leslie, who is apparently, (laughs) I hear, (laughs) known for being on uh, God Friended Me and uh, the family business is going to be portraying Ryan Wilder on Batwoman. She's the new Batwoman. Yeah, Uh, I I didn't know either. Yeah. uh, I I, I didn't know either. Yep. And uh, let's see, she... Ryan is described as likable, messy, a little goofy, and untamed. She's also nothing like Kate Kane, the woman who wore the bat suit before her. With no one in her life to keep uh, her on track, Ryan spent years as a drug runner, dodging the GCPD and masking her pain with bad habits. Today, Ryan lives in her van with her plant, a girl who would steal milk for an, for an alley cat and could also kill you with her bare hands. <laughs> Ryan is the most dangerous type of fighter, highly skilled and wildly undisciplined. An out lesbian, athletic, raw, passionate, fallible, and very much not your stereotypical all-American hero. Um, yep, uh, that's fine. I don't know her from anything. I really don't. I was just looking through her IMDb, and there's literally not a single thing that I know her from. Yeah, but, you know, this whole, like, she could kill you with your with her bare hands thing. I like, like the still milk for an alley cat as well. Yeah, but when we leave Kate, she's still dealing with the fact that she killed old dude 
Mm-hmm. So I like I and I think Carolyn Dries has said Carolyn Dries whatever has said that they are going to be now. playing with a lot with like the idea of the mystery of where is Kate Kane and how that's going to drive a lot of season two. Mm-hmm. The way this description reads, I feel like sh- this person is going to be coming in. This Ryan Wilder is going to be coming in for this season, be Batwoman, but not be Kate Kane's Batwoman. Like they're going to be like the big. Like she's going to be like a murdering type of Batwoman and will maybe define what kind of like she's basically be going to be Jean-Paul Valley. That's yeah, that, that's what you were getting at. That's what I'm thinking. Like it's going to be like as bats and then we'll get, a, you know, a second Kate Kane come in mid season or at the end of the season, a, uh, a recasted Kate Kane. And uh, oh, so you're still thinking maybe a recast. I do think, uh, or, I think I do. Uh, yeah. Alternative could still be serving purposes of that is a uh, uh, Cassandra comes in and maybe plays the same role, but not with the recast or anything. Just uh, possibly, but I've kind of feel like Ryan Wilder might come in and wind up being her own separate hero at another point. Uh, eventually, after they recast Kate Kane, but presumably after all this, maybe not. Presumably after all this now I, I would have thought that before when uh ruby rose signed up for the role mm-hmm. uh this actress has done her homework on the conditions mm-hmm. and kind of so. knows what she's getting into because it feels like to some extent i don't feel like any of the information wasn't there for ruby to know what she was getting into like we, we talked about it a few times like you can still hear tom willing's voice pitch up when he talks about vancouver yeah um he, he gets like audibly anxious when he when he discusses it um <laughs> So yeah, hopefully she knows what she's getting into. She's on board and we've got something that's either, I don't know, maybe like you're saying is, is going to be a one season kind of uh, crossover period or I don't know, maybe we end up liking her. Honestly, I don't, I, I just really don't know her from Eve, but honestly, a lot of the reviews I've seen, all of the fan feedback and uh, everybody who, I just saw a lot of positive, oh, hell yeah, kind of stuff for her. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to have to roll with that because I, re- I just, I'm completely ignorant to her. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know her from anything, but I mean- all I can say is she cute. I, guess, I think I've seen the trailers for Godfrey. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, and it did not look like anything I wanted to watch. No, it was not my cup of tea. And it's been canceled now, but. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was an interesting premise, I guess, but it, right. no, it was not something I was going to make time for. That shit was like, you know, touched by a social media. <laughs> <laughs> touched by Zuckerberg. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I've done this in my youth. I watched Angels in the Outfield. I read the novelization of it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the only thing I know about the that movie spinoffs is that uh, Drew Struzan was angry with how they photoshopped his painting for the poster. During about Angels in the Outfield? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you would just remember Chris Christopher Lloyd. Well, no, I remember being Christopher, Christopher Lloyd. Lloyd. Well, I remember he was in it, but only because like Drew Struzan was like, "This is the guy that did all the uh, he did all the Back to the Future uh, paintings, like that became the posters. He did. Oh yeah, I yeah, mean yeah. he's yeah, he's, they, he's he's a god <clears throat> in, in in the old movie poster yeah. business. Um, he did some like, really iconic. Like they found him while he was doing album covers. He's the guy who did the thing in like a few hours overnight, didn't he? <sighs> I don't know that that story specifically, but um. I remember it being like he he got the commission. They're like, we need it in the morning. And he's like, oh my god, I don't know how I'm going to do that, and almost like passed out from the paint fumes. Maybe trying to get it done overnight. Uh, one story I know about him is like he was working at a company doing covers for record albums. He did. I mean, he did some iconic shit. And uh, they were like the story goes is they would have like movie people come in and like sort of handpick all their best ones. They would they would basically like poach all of those artists. 
<laughs> and yeah. take them to the big time, do the movies. And the guy like literally walked in, looked around and said, I like that one, that one, that one, and that one. Bring me those artists. And they were like, well, well that's it's, the all, same guy. <laughs> it's all drew. <laughs> you just need to talk to this one here. And, uh, hey, and, and the guy was like, damn it. They're going to take drew. I know it. Like that was the only thing he was worried about. I was like, ah, son of a bitch. They're going to take drew. I've lost him. I've and lost he did. Him. He totally lost him. Yeah. But, uh, and what's, what's funny is like, drew doesn't give a shit about any of this sci-fi superhero bullshit. He's just like, mm, yeah, whatever. I'll do it. So like, he did, he did all well. the, Indiana, he did all the Indiana Jones movie posters. He did like friggin', uh, he did, I did, uh, yeah, he did do Carpenter's mm-hmm. the thing. He did do, uh, you know, all the Back to the future, all the star Wars posters. Yeah. Um, if you grew up in the seventies, eighties and even early nineties, this is what a video store looked like. Blade runner. Like pretty Actually, much. <laughs> I don't know about seventies. I don't know when video started now. A video store started now. Think about it, but yeah, I, don't know, I know, but, I know having been born in 84, I think it was the eighties really that they were a part of my lifetime, the entire lifetime up until they stopped. So well, I'll tell you this, there was an episode of married with children where they were like the Bundys were upset because they had a Betamax uh, player and they couldn't get all of the good movies and their, their next door neighbors had the VHS players. Oh yeah. 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 That's a real thing. Also uh, what's his name? I forget who it is. Somebody, somebody has a really good whole, like a whole 20 minute set about working at a Betamax place. I don't know. Um, what's his name? Uh, good comedian. Um, I remember, it down. Yeah, I'll remember it like randomly tomorrow for no good reason. I remember his face. He's got like a little gap in his teeth. He always dresses really well. Hmm. Um, Is he on the league? Reminds me of the play that guys. Uh, it reminds me of the guy that plays Cyril, but I don't think it's actually him. Oh, Cyril Figgis. I do know who you're talking about. Ah, I feel I better. Can't remember, you can't remember his name his, either. I don't know his name. <laughs> I feel like I have company now. Um, I remember. I know uh, every time I see the guy, I go, eh, you're not funny. He actually is. His his albums are fantastic. <laughs> I don't know. There's certainly it's that one of those chemical reactions that you talk about. The uh, We're like, yeah. Nah. Well, he uh, he also has another bit. I remember his bits really well for not remembering his fucking name. But he's also got no, somebody's yelling at me right now. I guarantee you. Um, but he also has another bit about the king hat. Like he 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 worked at a hat store for some time. Um, uh-huh. And. You know, people would just come in and, and look at hat, but it really, really, it was just like a failed store waiting to fail. And, you know, cause it's a hat store and right. the people would just come in and try on a series of hats for a lark and, you know, for like an early version of pictures. And, um, every now and then one of them would point up at the top and be like, let me try that, that King hat, my good man. Mm-hmm. You mean the crown? It has a name. It's not a King hat. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole other word for that. Yeah. It was a good bit. If only, if only my memory was better. Yeah. Hey, I mean, uh, you can't just do a hat story. You got to do a, like a full on haberdashery. It, it, he, uh, actually, I think the name of that store in his, and anybody can look this up. I probably could if I was going to uh, try to stretch forward and squeak my chair really hard into the mic, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, the name of the store in his bit was Hats in the Belfry. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then earlier or later, he worked at a Betamax store, and it was a it was a whole thing. That's funny. <laughs> he said they had like eight regular customers. Mm-hmm. You'd you'd work an entire shift and serve like four people. Yeah. And every but, one of them apparently would come up and justify like, well, this is just the the quality is so much better. Like, just try to justify the ill fated purchase they had made. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. Uh, so I don't know what we were talking about. I don't oh, know uh, how we got to Drew Struzan. <laughs> no, that was all through uh, the 
through Drew, through the uh, oh shit, I don't even remember how we got to Drew. God, yeah, that was the, yeah, that's my point. Like we went. That was the we real got sidebar from, there, wasn't it? Uh, well, I know we were talking about. You said Angels in the Outfield. I did, and that I reminded did. me of Drew Struzan. Mm-hmm. I never saw Angels in the Outfield. That's in the oh, God friended me. God friended. Me. There we go. There we go. Now we're back. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know what's crazy i just look at hats in the belfry because i thought that'd get me right to it uh-huh. there's it's a whole store now that they, they've gone online or oh, it's, been, it's maybe comedy anyway. all right so i'll just anyway. shout his name out somewhere later in the episode the the point was people seem paul to f. be Tompkins. pleased all right, paul here. f Tompkins. i do like paul f Tompkins. <laughs> we're good here i can move That's, on i was thinking of a completely different gap tooth comedian yeah i just mm, okay Man, Paul F. Tompkins, I actually wanted him to play the young Harry Mudd in Discovery. Because mm. he looks like Roger Carmel. Anyway, moving Fair on. Um, <laughs> Stargirl got renewed for a second season, but not from DC Universe, from CW. Mm-hmm. And CW is going to be the exclusive in-home sh- in-season home for the show. Mm-hmm. I told my no, wife that. It. And she said, oh, they're going to ruin it. <laughs> She loves Stargirl. I like Look, it I have, too quite a bit. I don't necessarily think that's true, but I also think like the, the the CW. Yes, it does have its flavor, but it also has its flavor on a bunch of shows that have started on the CW, not shows mm-hmm. that were already successful on both uh, venues. Or it, as far as I can tell, and yeah, it's a black box. But as far as I can tell from any kind of trending, uh, Stargirl is doing pretty well, uh-huh. and uh, DC Universe is not necessarily hurting for having it around. CW airings are going, you know, as well as can be expected for the CW. Um, and we'll probably do better when you can't also get it on the DC universe with a, mm-hmm. a couple minutes extra footage on average, but B, no, not on average, just, well, just, just that for first, like episode. The first two episodes. Um, like, yeah, mostly without the commercials. Y- you cannot convince me to watch something on CW. If I can watch it on DC universe, not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, well, apparently it's really hard to find anybody to, uh, watch anything on DC universe. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole thing. Um, so point being my big problem was. Look great! I love this show. Right now, it's virtually flawless. It's doing. It's 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 killing. Mm-hmm. I'm just not excited about being a streaming viewer as I am. I fucking hate the CW's platform. I wish they would ask me for four dollars, four or five dollars a month. Or, uh, I mean, honestly, I that's about as high as I would probably pay. But anyway, yeah. I wish they'd ask me for a few <laughs> dollars a month to to not have those commercials. I would gladly pay it. Uh huh. So yeah, it was a bit of a roller coaster for me emotionally. I'm glad mm-hmm. it's going to be there, but also, I also I think they're already like pulling in a product that is already working. I don't know if they're going to mess with it too much, or at least there's reason to believe they may not mess with it too much. Yeah, my I I hope the same writing staff and everything stays on. I don't mind if it gets a little cheaper looking, but you know, I we'll see. We'll see what happens. We will. Um, I mean, I have to admit, my wife said what I was thinking. I but, did kind of go, oh, it's going to lose something. <laughs> well, if what we were talking about earlier it rolls out and some of the, if all, some of this stuff ends up picking up some steam and, and all the pieces fall in place, it'll lose Jeff Johns. That's true. And that might be a big deciding factor. That could be for better or worse. Is, but yeah. I mean, for better, because I don't know. And apparently he's a bit of a snake and for worse. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, for worse, he's actually pretty good at putting words on paper. So, mm-hmm. eh, I don't know. We'll see where that lands us. Yep. At the very least, there's a whole team of writers who hopefully have been sitting around getting used to these characters, and we won't experience much hiccup. Think of it like the right. iceberg thing. Yep. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um. So, according to Abigail Shapiro, who plays Dorothy Spinner on Doom Patrol, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they may have lost an episode due to the COVID shutdown. Mm. Um, she says uh, it was basically all finished. There was going to be one more episode and we only had a couple of scenes left, but we never got to finish that episode. She says, so I don't know if that episode is ever going to air or anything. I don't know how, I don't know much about what's happening. So um, they, she did say we have episodes one through nine, which is basically the whole season. We got basically everything done, which I'm very grateful for. So it sounds mm-hmm. like they've got like everything wrapped up. It's just, they had a couple of scenes for one episode that may or may not be integral. Okay. I mean, that feels right given the timing when the show's released. Mm-hmm. So if that last episode is like 10 minutes less, I guess we'll know why. Or Yeah, if it's slightly truncated. Uh-huh. Which I'm, what are they averaging, like 52, 53 right now? Something like that. Oh, my God. Doom Patrol's so good. It's incredible. It's so good. Just, yeah, out oh, of this world. Like every episode, we're just like, me and my wife are just like, what is happening? This is so good. <laughs> we look forward to it. Whenever we can actually sit down and just watch it because you can't do anything while you're watching it. Oh no, it's a, it's a sit down and watch it thing. <clears throat> so me and the wife haven't been able to watch it because it's also, uh, you know, the little ones just past 20 months old and just into the area where I'm not completely comfortable showing her everything on Doom Patrol right now. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I you mean, do not want your kid to see the candle maker. <laughs> no. And the last two episodes were called sex patrol and finger patrol. <laughs> and I haven't seen Finger Patrol yet. <laughs> but I have a feeling what they were getting at. Uh, pro- no, not really. But okay. y- you don't. But um, I will tell you that those sex ghosts have kind of hung around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Um, yeah, it, it was. It's it's not a show that's family fair. Like, there's a reason we we watched Palm Springs instead of some of the shit that I had on my queue. Uh-huh. Like we watch Stargirl together all day. Like I, I'll ha- happily show her Stargirl. Yeah. Um, there's a little <laughs> bit of violence, but it's cartoony, you know, and there's some yelling, but whatever it's drama and she'll get used to that. Um, <laughs> like we'll teach her about fiction as we go, but eh, Doom patrol. No, no. Yeah. I'm going to opt out right now. Like no point to it. Just, you know, cliff and whoever's talking. And then all of a sudden you just hear, Oh, 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 slap, slap, slap. He lo- <laughs> looks up. It's just like, Ghosts floating through the air, coming to the wall, humping away. Yeah. Is this our Just lives like now? Greek hump, era ghosts. Hump, hump, hump. hump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, the show didn't exactly like. They didn't make it a secret that they were going to be explicit sexually. It, one of the op- it, it it opens with Brendan Fraser's bare ass pumping away, man. Uh huh. It does. Come on. Wait, this this isn't. You, you don't get to be alarmed if you've been watching the last yeah, episode no. or two. No. All right, so uh, Harley Quinn is going to be on HBO Max soon. That's all I really know. I understand it's a it is actually a big hit for the for DC Universe, and uh, I feel like at this point I'm willing to say they are trying to yank all the good things off of a doomed ship. No, I honestly, <laughs> I, I I do I think they're trying to find other avenues for dispersal, and they're probably going to either they're probably going to make it a comicsology or. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're going to do. The, the only one they don't have another venue for right now is Titans. Well, I that's that's true, but I but they'll find a place for that. Frankly, we'll talk about and it. In it a and actually, it would go really well on HBO Max if you ask me. It, it yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, all right, so uh, Sandman uh, is doing. Did you know about the Audible Sandman? No. On Audible, they're doing Sandman. Like Neil Gaiman, they're, they are. He says one of the things that I keep uh, banging my little drum and trying to explain to everybody that they have. <laughs> <laughs> that they have to tell people is that this is an adaptation of the first three graphic novels. Gaiman says of the audible release, he says, 
And then the next thing will be Season of Mists, and we'll keep going to The Kindly Ones, and hopefully we'll keep going all the way to Sandman Overture. By the time that we finish, it'll be 100 or 120 hours of audio drama. But the idea that would is be that, worth $16 a month for me, for sure. Yep. Well, they're doing it. So which I th- I'm pretty sure I'm already paying at this point. Whip out the dick. Mm-hmm. But he says, but the idea is that we tell the whole thing, but we also get to do something that I think is kind of special, which is treated as an audiobook. because doing the Netflix TV series, we're very much looking at that as going, okay, it is 2020. Let's say that I was doing Sandman starting in 2020. What would we do? How would thing? How would we change things? What gender would this character be? Who would this person be? What would be happening? Oh, that's that's going to piss some people off, but I'm, oh, yeah. I'm totally into it. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, for Netflix right now, people have tried making some movies and TV adaptations for 30 years and actively tried making them for 25 years, and they've never worked. And they never worked because of all the special effects and what would be needed to do the special effects. They never worked because you were making something that was adult. Something that was adult, sorry. People would write Sandman movie scripts and they go, but it's an R-rated movie and we can't have $100 million R-rated movies. So that wouldn't happen. You needed to get to a world in which long-form storytelling is an advantage rather than a disadvantage. And the fact that we have 75 issues of Sandman Plus, essentially 13 full books worth of material, is really a good thing. It's not a drawback. It's on our side. And the fact that we're in a world in which we can take things that only existed in comic book art and that can now exist in reality. I get these emails from production design stuff on Netflix and Sandman that I just want to show them to everybody. And I know I can't. (laughs) They're incredibly confidential, but I look at them and then I glow. The oh, other day, the other day they sent me Lucifer's castle and the gates to hell and all of these hell designs. And I'm just like, this is amazing. Oh my gosh. It's like watching Kelly Jones <laughs> nightmares and Sam Keith and Mike Dringenberg's nightmares just coming to life. We couldn't have done that. I think even five years ago, definitely not 10 years ago, the technology wasn't there. The budget wasn't there. The audience wasn't there. The delivery systems weren't there. The idea of going off and doing preludes and nocturnes and the doll's house as our first 10 episodes, nobody would have let us do that. The world wasn't ready. So it's ready now. They've caught up with us. <laughs> that's a beautiful interpretation of the landscape these days yeah that is one of those like where i like saw everything you said and i was like all of that is being said i am saying every <laughs> bit of all of that on this our is, show this is going verbatim no he's absolutely right though like it, it, they tried it as a movie several times and it never it it never got there and you know the tv show was bantied about for a while still never quite mm-hmm. got there even though it was uh well, i mean even the rating system aside it, they couldn't find a way to mount it, but yeah, like streaming is, is a whole new world. Yeah. And it's one of the unfortunate things about the Sandman universe um, is just how big it actually is because it's one of those parts where I've read snippets, mm-hmm. but I've never really been able to sit down and read the whole thing because I can't afford that entire thing. Oh my God. Like they've got the new set. There's like $225 or something. And I'm just like drooling over it. I, yes, I want it. I've just never been able to sit down and actually afford that. Mm-mm. I would probably like drool on the pages themselves if I got it. I, the bits that I've read, I've loved. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just it's it's been it's been hard to get your hands on that thing in any real way. Yeah, uh, I love the yeah. taking advantage of that of kind of this new situation in that way. That's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, did you see the Lucifer season five trailer? You did, didn't you? Mm-hmm. I did. How do you feel about? Uh, I kind of wish they hadn't spoiled the fact that it was not really Lucifer. Nope. 
Because they're like, oh, Lucifer's back. And then they're like, yeah, I'm not really Lucifer. Like, oh, God. You could have, like, had me for, like, two or three episodes. <laughs> See, I, we're just coming from uh, from different expectation angles here. Uh-huh. I think you're thinking I could have had a couple of ign- episodes of, like, Blissful Ignorance. Uh-huh. Maybe. Be- before you hit me with this uh, tired, boring... I'm sorry, I'm I'm just not on board with this yet. I mean, I'm sure it'll be charming because Ellis can do that. Yes. But right now, my thoughts after watching the episode, uh, the trailer one time was, fuck this. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, it you took you five that. calendar years to come up with a version of this character that was one of the most compelling things I've seen on television, especially in universe, and mm-hmm. you just throw it away with mm-hmm. some, it's not really him, and who on the show knows it's him, and I don't care. I just, I get so bored with those storylines. Yeah, I don't like I've said this the, several times, so that's the last one. Which one is he? Double? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> can't can't be bothered with him, bored by them. I've said it several times, and I do not know when that will stop being the case. It may be a, a permanent situation with me. Yeah. I uh, The only time I've ever actually liked it was Star Trek Six, when the shapeshifter <sighs> that, that Kirk had sex with the night before, before he knew she was a shapeshifter, mm. shapeshifts into, into Kirk. And as they're fighting and rolling around on the ground... Kirk staring into his own face says, I can't believe I slept with you. <laughs> and then shapeshifter Kirk grins and says, must've been your life's ambition. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that quirky comment aside, <laughs> they still oh, did the, uh, which the one is he? It's not did me. It's the, him. Yeah. Do you see the tweet the other day from uh, Shatner? <laughs> the, the one where the, he had the female version of Kirk and he says, yeah. I would do me. <laughs> yeah. I just collapsed. I, I just I was scrolling it down and saw that and was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, Bill, but I, I would do you too." I, I, that, that's you make a very attractive lady, sir. Um, uh-huh. But it just it fit like it 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 would have been annoying if he had said anything other than "I would do me." That that would have made no sense. Yeah, it was it was perfect. Yeah, um, yeah. I feel like I've gone on and on uh, at times, so I don't want to I don't want to go on and on again about just how boring these storylines are for me. But I just I cannot find them compelling. Yeah. The only only ray of sunshine I see in the direction they're trying to take the show is that a if they told us this early that there's a twist, then maybe it's in the early part of the season. Right. And like, I'm already... hoping season one. Like I mean, not season one, episode one. Yeah. Like I'm I'm thinking first five maybe is is my like realistic hope. Um, mm-hmm. And in in the trailer, it shows the Lucifer squaring off. Yeah. Or Lucifer and Michael squaring off. So. Right. Uh, I don't, my hope is that we get, we get around to this early. I just, I, it's, yeah. Yeah. But, um, the other hope is, uh, because it's Lucifer's twin and you know, one way or they're not one way or the other, he's coming back from hell. And uh, mm-hmm. there's even the mention in the, in the trailer that, you know, uh, for them, he was down there for like what, a couple months or something like that. And yeah, you know, for really him, it was thousands of thousands years. Of years. Yeah. Um, so maybe there's more of the celestial storyline in, in uh-huh. store for the season. It certainly seems like it. Those are my, those are the things I'm hoping for. The The premise itself. Yeah. Yeah. Not, in, not into it for me. The, the most excited I was during this trailer was when I saw Chloe and I went, Ooh, girl, your hair's on, on fleet. Like <laughs> I really liked her hair. I was like, I like it. It's so different. It's really different. It's darker. It's got like a kind of a different cut to it. I, I, I don't even think I noticed. Actually, my favorite part of the trailer 
I actually, honestly, my favorite part of the trailer was probably uh, Amina Dill talking about he's way stronger than you think he is or something. And they have a fight and apparently Michael. And all right. So at least you have to get some. They're going to have to do some exposition about why he has a twin brother mm-hmm. and why he was the one uh, chosen for hell and why whatever the hell his beef is where he wants to destroy Lucifer's life and all that stuff. At least he doesn't we'll want to destroy like his that. life. He wants to take it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all that. Uh, yeah. So at least we get that. And we're going to get a good uh, Amanda Dill and somebody who was way more powerful than he was expecting uh, fight, which is uh, that's good, I guess. Probably that will yeah, at least so. involve some good special effects. Maybe. Hopefully. <laughs> All right, <laughs> they we've... were pretty good last year when he when they went super powered with Lucifer last year. They were pretty good. Mm-hmm. I agree. When they, oh, whatever and... they've done that has been good. Yeah. They well, yeah. Short of the initial reveal of the face. Well, yeah, I'm just talking about like all the Amina deal and Lucifer just running around beating up bad guys stuff. Oh, yeah. When they actually do action scenes where they're uh, legit. Yeah. When, they, when they're actually beating ass, it's good. Yeah. Um, But I look, I'm, I, I, I don't like the premise, but it, it is only season five. There's a season six pending mm-hmm. and it will be final. Mm-hmm. So no matter what happens now, I, I, I'm going to get at least something else in season six. Right. Not all right. All so uh, we've got some listener questions. Mm-hmm. Eli Hernandez says, now that Stargirl is going to be exclusively on the CW next season, what is the point of having the DC Universe app? I feel like an idiot paying a year-long subscription if Harley Quinn is also on Sci-Fi and Doom Patrol is on HBO Max. Well, Harley Quinn is also going to be on HBO Max, Eli. <laughs> so, um, so that got worse. But, I mean, surely this isn't the only reason you feel like an idiot. I mean, <laughs> surely you could find another reason to... <laughs> <laughs> we all I'm can. kidding, man. I'm kidding, man. I'm just messing with you. But no, uh, dude, they've got a ton of comics. They've got a ton of comics. And as far as I'm concerned, like as far as we know, they've still got Titans exclusively. And even if they didn't have that, it would be a, good, a great place to have and, and keep a <laughs> lot of place cool. to find Swamp Thing. Yeah, it'd be a great place to. Well, there, Swamp Thing's going to be on CW soon. But oh, that's right. So, yeah, it really is Titans. Um, it is Titans. Mm. And they, they have been talking about doing Titans spinoffs. But uh, if nothing else, there's a ton, a ton of stuff like back catalog, DC entertainment, like uh, Batman the Animated Series and Brave and the Bold and uh, all those DC Universe movies and the 1970s Wonder Woman. And I mean, there's a ton of DC stuff on DC Universe and it won't all stay there. It'll cycle in and out and go to some will go to HBO Max for a time and then come back. But um, I mean, HBO Max even got in trouble for trying to pull. (laughs) <laughs> DCEU movies for a second there. Right. But you know what? I don't know how DC Universe is going to fare uh, in the long run. It's not looking good as far as I can tell. Yeah. And the exclusivity I, is basically out the window. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if it did just become sort of a Marvel Unlimited type of situation. And I would be fine with that. That would be worth it on its face for those of us who want to read the comics and want to try to keep up. Yeah. Um, even if they, even if we were six months to a year behind. Yeah. And it, well, it's, yeah, those are the timeframes. Uh, and it's also, you know, if you've ever tried to use it, it's, it's actually a really good reader. It is. It is actually. So it's not bad at what it does on that, uh, on that level. And mm-hmm. like I said, the back catalog is good, but some of it's going to come and go, but honestly hard to get mad at DC universe specifically for that, because that's kind of how streaming works. Yeah. I mean, but- you can look over one day in the offices on Netflix and then, you know, next day it's on uh, Hulu, whatever. And just pick a thing. But, or, uh, I mean, it made the news when Friends was not going to be on Netflix, did it not? Right. Yep, sure did. So, yeah, it, it, these things scramble a little bit. But the thing is, it's like, you know, this is this is an incredibly uh, niche service anyway. 
So oh, yeah. the I wouldn't be surprised if they went, oh, you know what? It's not worth spending millions of dollars to create this content when pretty much the same amount of people are going to buy it if we don't create that because they just want the comics and the old, all the old TV shows and shit. Yeah. I think there, I mean, two, two things <laughs> with that. One, uh, I just think, let's say you buy the year because the year is going to cost you a little bit less. I think mm-hmm. if they do end it and and just transfer it to HBO Max, they're they're I think they're going to give you something to make up for that. Just, it might just a bet. Just I mean, I I know nothing, yeah. but I would bet that they'll they'll give you something to make that kind of right. I would bet they keep it around and lower the price. Eventually, they'll stop producing Titans on there, and they'll I think they will present it as a situation of this is where our DC stuff is going to our DC shows and movies are going to live that currently don't have a, a home on another streaming service. If they, if someone else wants it, they will drop that contract and put it on that service. But if it doesn't have anywhere else to go, it will be on DC universe. Could be along with the comics. Could be, but that's a lot of production to put in. How? <sighs> well, I mean, it's just a lot of money to put in to produce a show that they don't necessarily know. Well, they're already making money on that. I guess I'm saying they're not, if they're it's not possible, eventually they're not going to produce any more content. They'll just have old stuff like one oh, woman okay. 77 or, you know, the eight, the nineties flash or whatever it is. Like just old shit, like super friends or whatever. But then if Netflix says, Hey, we want all of brave and the bold. Let's come to a, a thing here, a deal. Okay, cool. You have that for X amount of years or X amount of months. And when you're done with it, it goes back to DC universe. Yeah, that makes sense. Sorry. I was still thinking about Titans and where that might land. Um, mm. But another thing to kind of think about that's part of the equation. I think looking at what's been happening, um, I think it's possible that the buy-in to DC Universe and the fact that it was in, in its time, if it if I'm talking past tense now, a viable platform that actually did something and really brought out some stuff that was, uh, I mean, it was very, some of the stuff they brought out my favorite stuff that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did it as a risk. They did it on a, you know, it, it was a bet. But maybe as a proof of concept of stuff like a Zack Snyder's Justice League, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if the idea that all this worked and that people were willing to pay the monthly price for what was originally going to just be like one or two shows and now has come up and down and, you know, then had Swamp Thing that, you know, had some potential for sure, but it just not everything was going to work out. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a proof of concept, it, it may have served a really good purpose. Yeah, maybe so. Um, Zach Champion says, I simply ask, what supporting cast or characters would you enjoy seeing appear on Superman and Lois? Mm. Mm. As far as new ones, I don't know. As far as the old ones, are they're already in the universe. Oh, I mean, I want John Cryer to just go live there for a while. Absolutely. That was my first thought. John Cryer. <laughs> John Cryer, please. I mean, it, Lex was introduced long before we saw Cryer. And yeah. he was introduced as Superman's nemesis long before we ever saw any of them. So Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Diggle. Uh, mm-hmm. Green Lantern Diggle. Green Lantern Diggle, for sure. Um I don't know, uh, man. Canary popping over, like the the whoever. hints of whoever was going to pop over, and like the people that mentioned Metropolis in the crossover. Yeah, I'd like all of them. That that sounds good. Yeah, I'm I'm good with it. I'm I'm assuming we'll get a Perry White. Oh yeah, um, I haven't really messed with that very much. Although I want Lo- it, I want Lois' sister recasted. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I don't know if she's going to make it back in the same capacity. Well, what's fun about this is because of post crisis. Mm-hmm. They could do, they could have, like, there were so many villains that were on Supergirl that, like, came to the world, to the universe as Supergirl villains when they were really in the comics Superman villains. 
Mm-hmm. They could just completely like retcon all that now post crisis and be like, huh? First time he's showing up, the Superman villain. <laughs> <laughs> They've already shown it happen in the Flash. Like they could just be like, yep, well, we, no continuity error there. This is a new universe, y'all. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I'm trying to remember her name. I think it's as I think it's as simple as Red Smoke or something. But it's uh, part of the Bendis run here recently. I say recently. I'm at this point. I'm like three months behind because there was a, right. a, a gap in printing and then a gap in me being able to actually go get everything. So I'm I'm behind in a way that. Uh, makes my anxiety level higher mm-hmm. um, and deeply annoys me. But um, I think her name was just like Red Smoke or something. But she was just a gossip reporter that worked at the, mm-hmm. uh, the Daily Planet who um, kind of had a low-key, um, and she was just like a cloud of smoke. So she could, she actually almost took Superman down. I kind of wouldn't be surprised if they pulled her in. Sounds right. Um, I mean, they, they enjoyed the Leviathan part of the Bendis experience, so uh, wouldn't surprise me if they pulled her in at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, it's a good, excuse, a good excuse to explore the Daily Planet a little bit and do the dynamics there and all that. Mm-hmm. I want to see Mickey Spickwick. Yes, I definitely want Mixie. Yeah. I want Thomas Lennon. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Zach also says, what DC property would you like to see developed for the big uh, or small screen next? Uh, any of them? <laughs> I don't have a preference. Uh, blue and gold is still... A favorite of mine, as far yeah. as the things that have been tossed uh, around for a I'd while. I'd like to see a little Ted Cord, a uh, yeah. little, little bit of Booster Gold, yeah. throwing Jaime. That's cool. Uh, I would like any part of that franchise to be a thing mm-hmm. on screen. It's, it's especially because it's still one of my big gripes with the CW is you've thrown that name at me so many times. <laughs> Let me have it. Yeah. Um, I want to see Batgirl, Barbara Gordon Batgirl. I want to see that. Yeah. Um. I mean, I wouldn't even mind using Batwoman as a, a way to get into Batgirl, like a Batgirl, uh, like a backdoor pilot kind of thing. Right. I don't know. Aside from like, well, I thought of a thing and now I'm like, no, shit, I want that too. I can't think of anything <laughs> I just don't want. I, just, <laughs> I don't tell you, man, all the things. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Steve Boyd wants to know burrito or burger. I mean, I'm, I'm cheeseburger all day. Me too. Yeah. Without yeah. question, without doubt. Yeah. Yeah. No I'm tossing the burrito out of bed. I, I, I can make a fine one, but no question. Mm-hmm. And I've tried at home many times here in the last few months. You cannot mimic a cheap, greasy burger at home. You just can't. Hmm. Not really. I mean, you can get close. I've gotten close, but something about that. Have you had the Bubba freezed. burgers? Yeah, I have. Still just not the same. Those are pretty good. Something about freezing it and trucking it, you know, 1,200 miles across the country mm-hmm. to be mishandled by an assistant manager and someone who wasn't paying attention because they were high. Uh-huh. And then, I don't know. You're getting closer to cheap and greasy to me. That's my point. <laughs> I don't know what it is about these <laughs> series of events that makes a cheap, greasy burger that just cannot be beaten. Like, ugh, oh, I thought you were saying you wanted to find a cheap, greasy burger. Oh, no, I do. That's my point. And I've tried the Bubba's, and it's just it's just not it's not the same. Like hmm. You can't make a Whataburger, for instance. That is a very particular I, I, burger. I would much rather have a bubble burger than a water burger. Mm, that's mm, me and know. Bethany, dude. Me and Bethany eat these these bubble burgers all the time with sweet potato fries. I'll take them over. Dude, I'll take them over a Five Guys at this point. Well, that's the other thing. Like, there's a different version of burger where, like, like I can get pretty close to a Five Guys burger if I'm cooking at home. Mm-hmm. But it has some that has to do with just the flatness of the meat and the fact that I don't have an actual skillet. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I can, I can do it on an iron skillet all day, but I don't have that actual like flat pan skillet. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I've cooked on those and you can do things on those that are hard to, they're hard to mimic. It's not impossible, but it's difficult. Mm. Um, anyway, point is, um, 
I, I can make a burger at home that I, I really love. And, but it's just, it's different. It's just different than a fast food drive through, like even a McDouble. It's yeah. something like deeply satisfying about that really cheap bullshit. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, teach their own. Steve Boyd wants yeah. to know who's your favorite Joker on screen. Hamill. If we're just talking on screen, Hamill. <laughs> yeah, if it's literally just anybody that's been on a screen, Hamill. Mm-hmm. If, if to to the point that was probably trying to be made though, a face. What do you got there? Oh, as far as live action, yeah. Hmm. At this point, um, I'm gonna go Nicholson. Might still be Ledger for me. Yeah, I. Mm. I don't. I. I. I genuinely don't think there are many bad options though. No, well, I don't think there's a bad option. From from time to time, I'll I'll be disappointed by something. But if you catch me on a different day, I might say Ledger. I might say Caesar Romero. For God's sake, I don't know. <laughs> there is a certain there is a certain glee I get from watching Caesar Romero rattle off the shit he does as the Joker. Uh, that rattle I don't know anybody off, else. Chew up the scenery. Oh my like, god! No one just, else could. Oh yeah. Like he chews that shit up like Jason chews those cheap greasy burgers. Yeah. This is. <laughs> Someone out there must agree with me that there's a there's a really good burger and there's a cheap burger and they both have value in I different think, ways. I think you're just coming at it from a weird angle because I mean I swear I've seen you eat so many burgers and I I think I understand now why you get about halfway through the burger and disgustedly give it to your dog. I- <laughs> <laughs> Like Jason is about halfway to three quarters done with the burger and just like hunched over just stares at it, it to <laughs> story or Bruce or whatever, whatever was primarily the dog that was at my feet at the time. Yeah. And he, before him, he looks that has it. Uh-huh. Jason has this look on his face. Like you failed me, <laughs> <laughs> but with a, with a hint of, I don't know. I don't understand how this ended poorly. <laughs> and I want to help him, but I don't know how. No, some of the disappointments in myself, I ate very slowly. <laughs> and you get to, you do get to a point, especially like I'll get like a double cheese and really enjoy myself because I do also enjoy the the ratio of meat to cheese given the other ingredients with a double cheese. So um, I'll get something like that. And about halfway through, I'll start to get full and slow down even more than I'm normally. Like I, I get distracted while I'm eating. So I, I'll take a bite, enjoy myself, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Um, all that. And at some point though, it just, the, the thing cools and you can't reheat a burger. You just can't, it doesn't operate the same. Um, it's, I've, I've never, I, I don't know. I've never been able to microwave a burger and get it back to its original right. capacity. It's impossible. I believe. Um, it, same with the fries. You ever microwaved a fry and gotten anything close to the original quality? No, never going to happen. It's impossible. Uh, the, like the, 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 the water content is literally evaporated from that thing in order to heat it. It's done. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, what you've seen a lot of times is me get to a point where I'm like halfway through and it starts to cool and I'm, I take the next bite and I'm like, well, this was a good time. And uh, I like what we did here, but um, I feel like if I finish the rest of this, it's going to be for gluttony's sake. I'm no longer enjoying it. Yeah. But my dog will enjoy the ever-living shit out of this if I mm-hmm. give it to, to him or her. So here you yeah. go, story. Yeah. That's some of it. Yeah, I have to eat my burgers as soon as I can. I wolf them down. I don't want a cold burger. No, I get it. I, I mean, it might it may be an, a thing that's in my bones pretty hard though, because my parents still joke about they used to have to like they would make me eat till I got to the pickle, and then I could get up and do something else. And I'd often just forget I was eating and run around. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I, I would just kind of I'd get as far as I had to in order for them to let me get away from the table, and then I may or may not ever revisit that table <laughs> in a convenient period of time. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Uh, Fanboy Comics, Fanboy Comics Pod mm-hmm. asks us, uh, should DC's next wave of animated movies be exclusive to HBO Max and then released to public at a later date or the opposite, as they've been doing with DC Universe, having it purchasable, then released on streaming? Um, I, I, I don't think it matters. It, but I do think like there is something to be said for, for, for some reason. And I don't quite understand it. Um, I've been recently talking with someone from Warner archives mm-hmm. about doing a night court podcast, which I'm going to be doing by the way. Mm-hmm. But, um, as they explained it to me, tallest cast in television history, by some I don't know. um, as they explained it to me, the, the thing being on streaming actually drives sales of DVDs. I'm not quite sure how that works. <laughs> Maybe it's just the like, Hey, I watched this on streaming. Hey, I watched it here. This is a good time. And then the people who are like, well, I don't want to buy that service. I'll just buy the DVDs. Maybe that's how it works. I don't know. I haven't looked at the numbers. I don't understand the trends. You I don't understand access to the numbers. Yeah. I don't know the trends. I don't, I don't understand why those things work like that, but apparently that's the way it's working. So I assume they should be either available on HBO Max, probably HBO Max and not DC Universe, since who knows what the hell's going on with that. Right. Um, Although, but yeah, it's probably not a bad before. idea for the DC Universe to kind of pivot to that as mm-hmm. kind of a main thing to me. Again, I don't know the numbers, but um, they already have a lot of the animated universe on DC Universe. And if that was the thing where I could, as a paying member of. All right, so right now, if they release a movie that's an anime movie, it's probably released digitally two or three weeks before it's released physically. Mm-hmm. It's been that way for a while, and I don't know when that's going to stop. Um, I don't like this mechanism. Never have liked it. I just, it just annoys the shit out of me that, that we're doing things digitally before we can get a physical copy. Mm-hmm. But um, mostly because in a lot of versions, do you not have to pay for it twice? I mean, you go pay like 12 bucks to, to buy the movie to watch it when it comes out. And mm-hmm. then I got to go buy another nineteen dollars to actually have a physical copy of it, even though I already have a digital copy of it. And anyway, well, you can also rent it. <clears throat> you can for two or three dollars. You can and watch and it. Buy it later. The like however many times I guess in that forty-eight hours since uh-huh. you hit play to. Do... Anyway, it's just not ideal for me. Like, I, part of me would would like to be able to hit buy just outright early on and get the physical copy if if mm-hmm. I wanted one. Mm-hmm. The, it's just not my favorite thing. Is all. Um, but if, if we're doing that, like I'm already paying for DC universe. What if I just got my digital copy on DC universe before, and I could still get my physical copy later. Like you just start releasing the new version of animated movies there. Let's see. That would be cool. If they like, if you could do like a pre-order on DC universe as a member and get your digital download when it comes out and then they have your address, they send you the copy. You don't even want to go to the store. They send you <laughs> the, the physical well, copy, you know? Here's the other thing, especially, all right, let's say I'm already paying for DC Universe. Let's say I'm paying uh-huh. $4.99, whatever it is. I forget. Um, I think it's more. Anyway, let's say I'm paying whatever, five bucks or whatever for DC Universe. Um, I think I paid $65.99 for the year. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I've already got my money there. They already, uh-huh. have, they already have shekels. So, yeah, like you said, if I have an option as a DC Universe member to go in and say, yes, I'll, I'll pay 20 bucks for this physical copy of something. And that shows up three weeks later. But in the meantime, I, and you can do this with websites, I get to view a thing that other people don't get to view early because I pre-ordered. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it can be done. Like there can be tiers of access within a website. I don't know exactly how that website's written. Mm-hmm. Not that I haven't written a few in my time, but right. I know it can be done. Um, <laughs> depending on how they how they did it, it may take some revamping. But 
Yeah, that would be a, that would be a, uh, I would be happy with that option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've put my money in. I want to buy this movie. I want to see this movie, you know, six months before or a year before it comes out on a streaming service. Yeah, I'd be happy with that. All right. And, and there are options on, there are options for it. That's all. Yeah. But apparently this is, you know, the streaming first, digital first, physical later is uh, something that works. So I will give him this though. Like I, I listen to a lot of audiobooks, um, a lot less than I used to. Um, but if I've listened to something that I've only heard as an audiobook and I come across a copy of that, say at a, you know, uh, if I'm at a bookstore and I find a physical copy of a book that I've already heard, I'll buy it uh-huh. just to have a physical copy. Right. So I get that instinct. Yeah. There, I mean, there is something to that. There is something to uh, being emotionally attached to something and then wanting to have a, a tangible representation of that thing. Yeah. That's why, like, I've seen people like I saw a guy and there you see you run across these people from time to time. I saw a guy who was like talking about how much he hated the people who just who felt like they had to wear like Rick and Morty shirts or whatever, like mer- merchandise to proclaim their love for the corporate overlords or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I can enjoy a thing without like advertising that I like it. Like it's, my identity is not wrapped up in that thing mm-hmm. to that degree. And that's great. But at the same time, like I way more feel like it's not just about being like my identity is wrapped up in this is to one find others like you. Yeah. It is, you know, to, to support the thing that you like, because if you don't, the thing that you like is going away. <laughs> That's a hard <laughs> truth, but yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's nice if you just have a, uh, like a pickle Rick t-shirt or something and you run across yeah. somebody and they give you that point, like, Oh yeah. And you have a quick little conversation. It's nice. Yeah. It's fun. I like to like things. You dick. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm sorry that there's a corporation behind it. I'm, I'm so sorry. You know, as a creator myself, if anyone in the damned world in the damned corporate world ever cared two dams about anything that I ever made, I'm signing that contract. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's not doing any good sitting on my hard drive. <laughs> I will be a sellout for two rusty pennies. <laughs> 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 don't even have to meet you at the crossroads we can email that shit <laughs> dear devil yeah there's your two cents now what are you going to do to me mm-hmm. anyway that's all i've got man you want to wrap it <laughs> oh yeah let's uh, get let's get out i'm not yeah. just ready to wrap it i'm ready to double bag that shit yeah we uh I got a I got a big day starting in less hours than I would like. Mm. Well, everyone, everyone out there, thank you so much for listening. You make it all worthwhile. Oh, oh, my heart is warm for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, anyone listening, I promise I'll talk to him about that voice and try to make him stop doing it. <laughs> I'll only do it more because <laughs> it's creepy ass. I don't. Oh. Know. <laughs> I don't like this at all. Please stop. <laughs> Until next time, gentle listener. Keep some DC on your screen. I think the voice is Michael Emerson. <laughs> it might be <laughs> a little Ben Linus. Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, 
and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC House Screen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv. Johnsonville sausage strips are strips of sausage that look and cook like bacon. They come in amazing flavors like original, maple, or chorizo. Now you can transform your BLT into an SLT or turn your bacon cheeseburger into a chorizo cheeseburger. It's not bacon. It's Johnsonville sausage strips. And it's a meaty miracle. Find it by the bacon, even though it's sausage. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Right now, savings goals might feel out of reach, but with the U.S. Bank mobile app, we can help you put money aside in a way that won't make you miss it. Using personalized insights, you can save in a way that works in real life and all the curveballs that come with it. So let's get you closer to whatever it is you're saving for. Because at U.S. Bank, even our tools are smart enough to put people first. U.S. Bank. We'll get there together. Equal housing lender member FDIC.